The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Film 89 podcast. My name is Sky, and I'm the editor of Film89.co.uk. And with me for this very special episode, the Dream Team are reunited. I've got to my left. Hey, podcast, Neil Gaskin, good to be back. Good evening, it is Richard Roberts, and it's lovely to be back. So, gentlemen, this is the big episode. Everyone that's uh, playing the podcast now will see from the title, it's Avengers Infinity War. We're not going to bother with a regular format. We're not going to have any other side topics. We're not even going to bother with listener questions. We're just going to get down to the meat of it. We've just come back from the screening of Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, literally about... 30 45 minutes, I think. Yeah, travel side left, so we got We've, no time uh, to really talk about it. Yeah, that's right. We got embroiled in an incident on the way, which was unexpected. A little fight broke out in the cinema that carried out into the car park that we weren't to, involved in, we weren't involved in, <laughs> but we had to break it up. So, thanks for that. Uh, the, the, the young lads that were involved in that, you, you really did help uh, sort of get us in the mood for a podcast. But please subscribe. Yes, yes, guys. Uh, yeah, you, you all promised to listen to the podcast now, so yeah, thanks for that. Going into Infinity War, we, you know, the three of us in Episode Five had quite a lengthy discussion in our preview of Infinity Wars that what our expectations were then. But obviously, that was a few weeks ago now. So going into things today, Rich, how how were you feeling on on the big day? I think it's a film ten years in the making, and I was thinking, can it possibly live up to our expectations? How many how many times have we been here before with other franchises whereby we're thinking this is it, this is the big one, and we've been, we've come away let down. And I, I genuinely, of all the franchises that are there, I thought if, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Marvel. Very, very positive about it. Very excited about it. Just couldn't wait to see what they were going to do with the characters. And I was not disappointed. Um, obviously, we haven't given the spoiler warning yet. There's going to be huge spoilers throughout this. So if you haven't seen the film already, please go and watch it right now. You yeah. owe it to yourselves to go and watch it. Some films take 10 years to make. That's one of the major problems I've got with Avatar, to be honest. It's not that it's a bad film per se. It's the fact that Cameron spent 10 years making that film. This film has been 10 years in the making through various other feature films, build it up to this. Not 18 films before. 18 it. films, is it, yeah? My God, the this show. I'm absolutely blown away by this film. Yeah, you know, going into things, as I said to you guys, we did meet up for breakfast beforehand and we had a discussion, something that we don't always have time to do um, when we see films. Um, we, we don't always see the films together, but today was a bit of a film 89 out there. And I had some last-minute wobbly knees thinking that maybe if it's Disney pulling the strings if they're going to try and make things a little bit too wholesome and formulaic, and if they're just going to keep it a little bit safe and, and, and play it safe. I thought there was a strong possibility that they would do that. So yeah, I, I went in wired, excited, but at the same time a little bit apprehensive. We had we spoke just as just as it was starting, and we both said, we're nervous. We did. I turned to you, yeah. And, and I, I, thought, I said, I know that sounds ridiculous, it's a film, 
but you know we are huge fans of this franchise as listeners will know we you know if, if you count up already in just uh, six episodes not counting this one we've, we've well, I think every, some... every episode where us three have been sat on a table yeah Marvel has come it's out it's been a major yeah. I think everyone we've talked about a different trailer or a different aspect yeah. of the film yeah and you know my expectations were through the roof I think it's safe to say that it's not been since back in 1999 when we were all waiting for the Phantom Menace, having seen like the, the you know the trailers and all the hype surrounding it. Ultimately, that film was a massive disappointment. This is probably the the most excited I've been for a film in well maybe forever. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Like I say, I, mean, I can remember when you know Rocky was sort of like re- rejuvenated with Rocky Balboa, and I was a mixture of excitement and you know dread. But nothing compared to this level. I mean, yeah. literally, hairs on my arm standing up when the previews were started with this film. I was that excited to see this film. I've never experienced anything mm-hmm. like that sat before sat before a film started. Yeah, and I've got to be honest with you, I, I, I had you know, a preconceived idea of the fact that what I wanted from the film, they weren't going to go down exactly down that road. There weren't going to be massive sacrifices. And I have to remind you, everyone that's listening now, if you haven't seen Infinity War and you, you know, if you give a shit about the film, please put us on hold, go away, come back and listen because we are going to be going through this film with a fine tooth comb. We're going to be, we're not going to be holding back on any spoilers. If you want to listen to us in a week or two's time, then great. But this is the your final spoiler warning before we blow yeah, the whole. I think on. If, if you're a fan of the series, you're gonna and you, you're a fan of us and you listen to our podcast, you owe it to yourself to watch the film first because you you owe it to yourself to not have anything spoiled. It's going to be, you know, we're going to try and, you know, stick to some sort of vague structure, but, you know, bear in mind that we've we've come up with this film just over, you know, an hour ago. A little bit of excitement on the way as well. They've got the yeah. adrenaline going, a little bit of a, an unexpected uh, event there. So this is the first time really that we've, you know, spoke about it as a group. You know, from the moment we went in, we sat down, the Marvel logo. So we've got the new, we've got the new Marvel logo, or the... the... It came in a few films ago, didn't the the, the updated Marvel Studios logo, mm-hmm. and it's normally got the the Avengers theme along with it. Yeah. But this time it was very sort of impending. You know, the music somber. was very somber, but it was also there's some there's doom coming. It's it, it's very. I think I turned of, to you, Richard, and I. I said, mm, "Ominous." Ominous. That's the word yeah. I can't think of. Yeah, that, and, I, and it was exactly that. And wasn't it? I think the, the the Marvel intro was like a pared down version of the one that we've last seen in. Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It yeah, didn't it have the full show. It wasn't as it extended. Was dramatic, yeah. yeah, it was just a more pared down version. Yeah. So they've even tailored the you know the Marvel intro for this yeah. film. The, the, like you say, the somber feel to this. At the be- just I know it sounds daft that we're talking for even more than ten seconds about a title sequence for a studio. It sets the tone straight away for this film. Yeah, it's straight on with business, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think if you're gonna you know when you when you you're spending ten years building to this moment. Hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars going into the billions now they've spent on these films. You, you've got to put in the attention to detail to every little bit, and especially the opening of the film. Yeah, you know, set your stall out early. We'll talk about the opening scene shortly, but you know, even little things like that will, will tell even the casual fan of these films that, yeah, this is the big one, this is the one that we've been waiting for this is what everything has been building to yeah well I say even with the studios when it was sort of formed the 10 then didn't it the, the, I the Marvel stu- yeah. the, the I studios the I and O was the 10, the 10 didn't yeah. it for the 10th year again reminding you that this is something of a that we've been this building is, this is an event in making, movie a decade yeah. in the making for this yeah. but also other films may have or other studios may have spent some time recapping where the characters were introducing them to the characters yeah. so just so that mm. just as a reminder here this is who this is this is who this is there was none of that it was you have to have seen what's gone before mm. to properly invest in what's going on yeah. and it, we're straight in bang mm. 
Yeah, I was going to say that I, there was only literally there was one bit. Um, I would probably jump ahead a little bit, so I'm just trying not to. I would try to do it chronologically now. The only bit where I was a little bit oh was the Pepper Potts and Robert Downey, uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, I think that was there the, was a bit was... bit of over explanation there about what's been going on and stuff, and I was. You know, they've moved on a bit now. I, I didn't really need that. But other than that, it was straight into the action. It was kind of a continuation of yeah. seeing in Spider-Man Homecoming, wasn't it? I yeah. think setting up the fact that Tony is looking to settle down and have a family, I think that was mm. something yeah, they were yeah, looking to pay yeah, off. It paid, it paid off, yeah. They were looking yeah. to pay off at the end when, and we'll come to a scene later on, yeah. with, with obviously yeah, involving Tony Stark. But the opening scene, guys, um, as soon as the Marvel logo fades, we're in space and we hear uh, a garbled distress transmission that we quickly work out is from the Asgardian ship that we've last seen at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I love that. Because the opening sort of um, gambit to that with the opening lines, I was thinking, is this a distress signal from... The Guardians. From the Guardians. Is this a distress signal from Earth? And it took me a few seconds to actually click. No, it is the Asgardian ship. It's, it's the end credit scene that yeah. we saw yeah. where we see Thanos' ship um, intercepting yeah. you know, the Asgardian... Well, well, whatever, whatever they want to call it, really. Arc, really, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Asgardian arc ship. In the, in the run up to the film, we, we've been told, you know, by, by the Russos and, and everything, that you know, all bets are off. This is things are going to be turned on their head. And I think Thor Ragnarok was such a such a specific in tone film that it was. It was probably the most comedy film that we'd had in in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yeah. However, pivotal, obviously, because it placed the characters where they were. But it, it mm-hmm. ended on such a positive note. Yeah. Thor, the Asgardians. Asgard is not a place; it's a people. Yeah. We've escaped. We've got away. Everything's going to be fine. And opening sequence to this film. Well, clearly it isn't. Because yeah. Well, I was going to say, and we don't even really. We only get to see the aftermath. Yeah. We don't. We don't. You know. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see anything really that happens prior to that. Do yeah. we? we see the aftermath. But it, they're already ha- they're already devastated, aren't they? Yeah. You know, it did look as if Thanos had pretty much wiped out all of all of Thor's people. He did allude to the fact they drawn that half of his people are yeah. being destroyed. So maybe you've got characters which are unaccounted for, Valkyrie, Korg, and the other little insect character. Yeah, character. Mike. M- Meek. So obviously there could be something that comes up later on to show that they're taking yeah. maybe the, you know. But then the ship blew up as well, didn't it? But maybe, they, they, maybe they've gone off in yeah, another ship. Point. We don't know. Yeah, fair point. It, it, it's, it's possibly unlikely. But you've got those key characters there unaccounted for, apart from, Heimdall, who was there, who we saw get killed. Yeah. And of course, then we move on to the next person who was on the ship still, who was Loki. Loki. So as we as we know from, you know, keen viewers of Thor Ragnarok will know, in order to miraculously get off Asgard before it blows up and then end up on the Ark ship with his brother, Loki's uh, taking the Tesseract, as he should, because of obviously the fact that he, he knows it to be one of the Infinity Stones, and obviously he's an opportunist, and he needed it to get away. Which again, it's, it's moving all of these chess pieces on the board, putting everything in place. What we didn't see, because obviously Thanos has got the power stone at the beginning. He mentions how he got it later on, the fact that he's he's raised Xandar to the ground. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the power stone already. Maybe we'll see later on in a flashback in another film. Well, by all accounts, Russo's have, have said, haven't they? There's a lot of backstory with Thanos they've had to cut yeah. out because obviously the running time of the film. Yeah, I, I, I read that article as well. And I think it's, it's possibly, maybe they've cut out stuff relating to Thanos's origin yeah the fact that he was um he's, he's one of the titans that this race of sort of demigod-like people and the fact that he was slightly different to them and, and was seen as a bit of a bit of an outcast uh, of his people and that sort of tainted the you know the his upbringing and his way of thinking and turned him into the into the person he is 
but I also think, like you say, they may have cut out things like him getting the power stone, which isn't a, you know, it's, it's not a tri- trivial matter. It's something that's important to the story. It would be interesting to see. Maybe that'll come up later in. Yeah, I was going to say another that. film we're going to be talking about that's coming out. You know, part on the, part of the Marvel uh, yeah, uh, yeah. roster upcoming. But I would say there was nothing to that opening scene where I thought I needed to see where he got the power stone you from. Didn't. That's right, because he, he needed the power stone in order to fight Thor, and then as yeah. we see Hulk. What, what do we think about you know Thanos fighting Hulk? I loved, I loved, I loved the payoff with uh, Loki doing the "We've got a Hulk." It was great. You always come full yeah, circle. Yeah, fantastic. And then we so we get to this scene with Hulk finally meeting his match, really, and mm-hmm. fighting someone the same sort of size as him. Yeah. And considerably more skilled than him. <laughs> we've, we've just seen him in Thor Ragnarok, just destroying everything. Obviously, coming against Thor, but that, yeah, very much so. You know, a little bit of a broken nose there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to come in where you said about how he looks, any concerns that anybody had about Thanos from the trailer? God, money. That was that, that was up there with the quality of the motion capture in uh, the Planet of the Apes films. That was, mm. that yeah. was fantastic. The, the character came through. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and from, I don't know if you noticed, but sort of the, the fine hairs on the face, where the hair Stubble. was shorn, yeah. it was just, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was so, so well done. It was. It... Well, you know, this is the first film to be shot entirely in IMAX. You know, we saw the IMAX 3D version, you know, unless you guys think otherwise, I, I think it's the only way to see the film. Oh, I was totally sold on it in IMAX. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's got the, the sort of taller aspect ratio, I think it's 1.9 to 1 as opposed to the regular prints, which will be 2.39 to 1. And you, you see in far more picture detail, you know, most screens these days are 4K, especially IMAX screens, so you're going to be seeing a level of detail and with the 3D, a level of depth that just makes the film pop out. And I thought... I thought the 3D was great. It felt like uh, a ride in Universal Studios. It was that, whilst not being interactive, it mm-hmm. was immersive. It was yeah. so, yeah. and it, that really, really worked with the, with the IMAX. And I'm not a big um, 3D fan at all. I'll, mm. I, I don't often opt for the 3D, but but that really, really worked. I was going to say, if you look at that as an opening scene, it, that tells you everything you need to know. You've got, essentially, at least 50% of those characters, uh, motion capture, CG enhanced um, effects type things, yeah. set on a spaceship, Mm-hmm. That literally, that was that could have been. You could have been sat in the room with them. It looked that realistic. Yeah. There was no part of that looked. You know, you always give a little bit of leeway, don't you? To, you know, your Star Wars or your any sort of science fiction type thing. You always give a little bit of leeway that you know you said it's not real, but you yeah. immerse yourself. I was thoroughly immersed in that opening yeah. scene. I gotta be honest, the Hulk and Thanos fight. Yeah. So obviously Thanos comes aboard with his is um, the children of Thanos: Ebony Moore, Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, and Cull Obsidian. Yeah. What, what do you think of those four characters? You, you're going to have to remind me of well, Ebony Moore is the one, the, 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 the skinny, telekinetic with, one. With the yeah. white. The one, the one who is the strange. torturer. He was a standout for me. Yeah, definitely. He was... Uh, one of the knocks against Marvel quite often is the lack of villains or <laughs> lack of quality villains. Yeah. He could have been um, a, a quality lead villain in any Marvel film he on was... his own without Thanos, without any influence from Thanos. There was he reminded me somewhat of the Poltergeist in Poltergeist Two when he takes the human form. It was that yeah. sort of old old man, almost effeminate, yes, really sort of menacing. You, you completely forgot that it was that it was motion captured. Yeah, it, it was Whoa. brilliant. Like little character moments that he had when the Hulk jumps Thanos, they start having a fight, and then the big guy, uh, I think is is Cullum, so he moves towards him and he says, "No, yeah. let him have his moment." Yeah. You know, let let the boss enjoy it because he, he had every yeah. faith in the fact that Thanos was going to be able to to put the Hulk to sleep. Yeah. Which, 
again, it's, it's jumping ahead a bit, but from that point on, no more Hulk in the film. No more Hulk. Yeah. He's literally taken the Hulk out of the film. We, we don't see him again. I, I was trying to sort of work out with this now. It's becoming more and more that Banner and Hulk are two different people now, yeah? It's becoming more and more after Ragnarok that Hulk is his own person. Yes. He's not just a he's not just a, yeah. not just a product of anger. He's got his own personality, his yeah. own, and if you like, his own sort of moral compass. Hmm. But after spending two years in the form of the Hulk, Banner says that if he changes again, he could stay as the Hulk, doesn't yeah. he? In Ragnarok, right. but the this Hulk seems to spin it on the head, doesn't it? Yeah. In that, in that he was he's come out of the Hulk and he can't seem to. Yeah, but I think it's because Hulk has Hulk think, has had his ass handed to him. I think it was more Hulk, like you mm. say, like the, almost the, the sort of the the schoolyard bully. You know, there was a couple of times later on in the film. I know we're jumping ahead, but we'll keep going back. There was a couple of times during the film where you know you could hear Hulk's voice communicating with Banner. No, as if I'm not coming out to play. Yeah. No, I'm not coming out to fight no more. But you know, as if he got his confidence taken yeah. away from him. Yeah, we, they set him up in Thor Ragnarok. He's like a child. He's childlike. Yeah. yeah. He's very childlike, yeah. and Petrus. again, this is not this this is nothing you know nothing but a compliment. The the way they've perfected the Hulk character in Thor Ragnarok in both what we see on screen as a CG character and just as a character, I think yeah. is superb. Yeah, and again, this ties into the fact that he has had an absolute beating, mm. and I think he just he's scared. Yeah, and we and they said didn't they? The director of Thor Ragnarok said that, or, or was it, it might have been Kevin Feige? He said because we're unable to do a standalone Hulk film. Yeah. via Thor Ragnarok. Avengers three and Avengers four. We're going that this, the Hulk story is going to be a trilogy of a Hulk story within it. Yeah. And this is what the middle the midsection is. Well, we have we lost the Hulk. Yeah. So anyway, we get the Hulk gets his ass handed to him, and, and then we get Thor gets trapped and well, bound. Heim- Heimdall's last move before he's brutally off is sending after Hulk. getting a nod from Thor to do it. Yeah. yeah. Sending Hulk away, and then we get Paul Heimdall meets his maker. He does. Yeah. Which you know, again, I, I don't see where else we can't have any anymore. Thor films with Asgard being a prominent feature because Asgard is gone. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's a shame to see Heimdall go. I think he's great. His you know, he, but then it shows the quality of these films that you can get. I mean, Idris Elba is you know is a big time actor. Tom Hiddleston, big time actor, yeah. and they've both played particularly Loki and Hiddleston. Hiddleston, yeah, some yeah. you know a really prominent part in every mm. Thor film. And this film sets up straight away to say surface of requirements don't need you. You know, but both are given a good send off as well. You know, my first minor quibble would be Loki, with how Loki came to his death, because I felt that that attempt at killing Thanos, it was, it was, I, it didn't feel like Loki to me. It felt, it felt like almost we had to get rid of Loki in that scene, and I didn't think that Loki would, have, because Loki is far more calculated, would have thought about when he dropped the knife. I thought fair enough, but the way that he went about it. He would Loki would have chosen a better opportunity because they, he was never going to land that knife. He never was. So whether he sacrificed himself, but it didn't come across to me as a sacrifice. It came across to me as a bit ham-fisted, and I thought didn't really sit quite right with Loki for me. His, what happened to him after, and Thor's reaction was very much what I expected it to be. But the execution of that, I just thought that 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 wasn't that was Loki off his game. Yeah, I got to be honest. I I was trying to sort of almost say it to myself as as he sacrificed himself so Thor can escape somehow, mm. but it didn't turn out to be the mm. end game. So that was a bit, a bit ham-fisted for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was almost like you say, like as if the opening scene, they literally had written down, Loki dies. And, <laughs> and I had overriding, why doesn't Thanos just kill them all? Of course then, the ship exploded. But as they left, my thought was, well, why has he left Thor yeah. encased in, in metal? Because surely the best thing to do from Thanos' point of view is just completely eliminate the competition. Because 
if you leave him alive, there's a chance. You, but then the ship blew up, so I had that answer. Yeah. That, that was answered. And I, th- I think it's the thing with um, with Thanos as well. He's not your average villain. Uh, he's not you know your sort of standard comic book. I want to rule the universe. He's basically he's a, a, vic- a victim of trauma, really, isn't yeah. he? He's basically saying the world, the, 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 your world, everyone's world would be a better place yeah. if there's fifty percent mm. less people yeah. on this planet. Do, do, you the, know? End, do the ends justify the yeah. means? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Thanos in detail and what we think of him as we go on. But yeah, after after that, then we've moved to Earth. Um, we've caught up with Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. But first, we, we first no, we're in Doctor oh, Strange. We get to Doctor Strange because yeah. we get Hulk get sent back. Of course, yeah. And all the places he could land. Yeah, <laughs> convenient. Ah. Did it, was it convenient? <laughs> or Exactly. <laughs> Thor's already been there. Thor knows the Doctor Strange is an ally on Earth. And, and they, they, they would have been a pathway there because Loki was brought there. He was brought yes, there. That's right. They were sent back to Asgard yeah. from there. So there would have been, if you like, a you know, yeah. a a pathway there already wouldn't yeah. they yeah a continuity the fact that they've already been there before so yeah. if, so in the Bifrost maps if they haven't cleared the history yeah, yeah. 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 if they haven't wiped out yeah, if they haven't wiped out you just put the, the first part of the uh, the postcode yeah. it's like when you use your sat nav and you yeah. last location yeah. you know yeah. That's, that's that makes sense done. to me. That makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> so you know the, the attention to detail is tremendous. So then yeah, we've we've got Hulk lands on Earth, meets up with Doctor Strange and Wong, and again, I, we're not allowed to catch our breath in the first 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes of the yeah. film. Even then, when we move on to Iron Man and and you know the reintroduction of his character, where he's at, little you know family moment between him and Pepper Potts. No time is spared before then. We've got New York being invaded again. Yeah, um, I thought that was quite good that you had. A staircase, and you had two Sorcerer Supremes <laughs> and a Hulk, and people started running past. And Iron Man went out to look, and everyone all stayed in the house. I thought, mm. I surely had one of those in front of me if I was Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of it reminded me of the end of Superman two with the with the with the wind and the cars coming, and I just yeah. it was a bit of an echo back to that sort of. With with the, the super powerful villains coming along, and well, it was almost like showing you the devastation before they did anything, wasn't it? It was mm. sort of saying, "Look, we could virtually wipe out the city just by landing here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, before we do anything, we've all been looking forward to seeing Stark and Doctor Strange on screen. You know, because yeah. like, obviously it's going to be butting right. heads. It's going to yeah. be you know. And can I just go beyond record as saying I'm now sold on. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, Batch as um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's been a bit of an ongoing thing between us that Neil and I uh, and Jim Cottle, we love Doctor Strange, we love the the 2016 film, and we love the character Richie. You don't do. You? I don't. I I found I watched it uh, when I was very tired. Saw it in the cinema. I thought it was a beautiful film to watch. I thought you've got three children, Rich. You're always you're always tired. I am always tired. I was particularly tired on this day. And I just found that it, whilst it was a spectacle and, and you couldn't fault the uh, the aesthetics of it, I just found that Benedict Cumberbatch grated on me. I found that his accent reminded me of Hugh Laurie's in-house and I just found it was that generic accent. It was a generic American accent and it just irritated me and irked me. And I, I take the fact that it's his character, so I couldn't put my finger on whether or not he was doing a fantastic job and he was supposed to irritate me or if I was just irritated by Benedict Cumberbatch I, d- I didn't you know when it was first announced because you know they were looking at different actors and I was saying you know I was coming up with a million different names you know, I think David Tennant was all I was like convinced should be doing mm. it when he said Cumberbatch I thought he's gonna be totally wrong for it mm. he's gonna be totally wrong within the first five ten minutes of seeing him prior to you know the accident he was exactly what I wanted in that yeah. character yeah. I, I will give you the accent thing it is you know it is a bit of a house rip off, but it, it, it works. It kind of works. I think, for as me. I said, it kind of works for me. That does. The, the Doctor Strange that I'm more familiar with, you're never really supposed to warm to him. Mm. He's always got to have that 
standoffish, aloof sort of nature to him. The yeah. fact that he thinks he's better than everyone else. Firstly, because he's like a world-class neurosurgeon. Yeah. He's in the top percentage of intelligent people on the planet. Then he becomes one of the most powerful people yeah. in the universe. So he's always got that thing about him. And, but still, you know, he, he works the comedy in both Doctor Strange yeah. and this. For yeah. me, he, he plays a good yeah. straight man to characters then when he's locking heads I was, with Tony Stark. I was going to say, there's a lot of the sort of interchange, the opening interchange between Stark and uh, Strange. Strange was coming up on top. You know, I, which... like, I liked. I nearly turned to Rich and said that prickliness between those yeah. two is perfect. But if I you think know, it is. if you look this with Stark, virtually everyone he meets, every sort of superhero he runs into and has to team up with, it's always the same. Right back from the days with Cap mm-hmm. and Thor, all the way through. Every time he can, meets a new, he takes. A while to sort of, I yeah, don't know, for him to gel with someone or for people around him to gel with him. Well, I think we said it before, isn't he? The default Tony Stark is he's a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. complete yeah. prick, yeah. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's arrogant, he's cocky, especially you know, in the earlier films before he gets a lot more humble. And like now, he's meeting characters like Star Lord that we'll come to later yeah. on, and he's, he's meeting characters that probably well, remind him. Just Stranger, Stranger One would be, you yeah. know, to blow your mind. But then he's, he's meeting characters that probably remind him a bit of how he used to be. Yeah. With the, with the mm. quips, with the sarcasm, with the snarky humour, just like yeah. he used to be. Yeah. You know, I thought that the interplay between Tony Stark and Doctor Strange initially was, was spot on. And they didn't overplay it, they didn't drag it out for too long because, because again, we're not spending 15 minutes building up who these characters are. It is straight on with business. It yeah. is, you know, yeah, we, we, you just met. That's fine. You don't really like each other. I get it. But Doctor Strange took the highest standard, didn't he? Because it was a case of, you know, whatever whatever the problems are, Thanos is coming. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, we, need, and, we need to get on board with this, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, obviously then we go out into the street where, where the, the ships have landed and... The first, the first laugh out loud moment for me. I was, I was weak when uh, Tony Stark says to Bruce Banner, who's struggling to to take the Hulk, um, "Come on, come on, dude, you embarrass me in front of the wizards." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wizards, <laughs> fucking hell. And then throughout the film, then he referred to them as the wizards. The wizard. And it was a case of, it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it was that just got me but every last, single last time. Thing, though, but again, harking back to the original Avengers, you know, we had point yeah. break, didn't we, for Thor, you yeah, know, yeah. And stuff like that. And you know it just fits perfectly with his character. Come on, it? dude, you're embarrassing in front of the wizards. And it's a bit of a running theme with um, Downey Jr. because he does it in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, doesn't he? He sort of goes for like you know Mexican American yes. Joe Pesci and stuff like that. He, yeah. you know, Robert Downey uh, Jr. He, he dominates this character, doesn't he? And there's so much of him yeah. in this sort of version of Stark. And you know, I, you know, Neil, I had some initial misgivings yeah. with him early on in the MCU. You know, I, I thought that he was taking it too far towards just being a version of Robert Downey Jr. on screen. Sorry, I talked you down. You talked me down from it. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, I, I was wrong and now I've, I've warmed to him. I think there's, he's, he's probably he's one of the best pieces of casting I've ever seen. And if you look at Stark, the, you had the sort of great opening arc with the, the first two Iron Man films, then going into the Avengers, where he sort of started off very brash, obviously saw what was ahead at the end of the Avengers, and it always sort of, like PTSD afterwards then for yeah. me he was always yeah. sort of afraid of what was coming if you notice with Stark and this although he's making the quips although he's being Iron Man most things he looks terrified he looks worried yeah. throughout he's he looks terrified yeah. you know there was you know down, down here we'd have to defend Downey being a good actor because of his previous work oh, but yeah, yeah. he really brings a new aspect to Tony Stark that I hadn't seen before and a lot of that was facial expression and mannerisms yeah. he looks terrified and if you notice his voice was quite muted in a lot of scenes yeah. where even when he was making the quips there was still that little spark mm. Because he wants to be the pepper, he wants to have. Now he wants to retire. He wants to be away from it. We've seen the hints of it with Civil War, with everything that went on there, and he's 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 worn out. The last thing he wants to do is end up on a planet elsewhere. Right. Let's jump ahead a little bit because it's relevant to what we're talking about. Later on, 
when Tony Stark confronts Thanos. Tony Stark's surprised with the fact that Thanos knows him. Yeah. And Thanos makes a comment about the fact that he says to Stark, words to the effect of, you're not the only one that's cursed with foreknowledge yeah. or cursed with intelligence or knowledge. Yeah. The fact that Thanos knows something about Stark. What do we think that's leading to? Is Are we to assume that that's from when he went up and through the wormhole into in, in Avengers and there was the... He obviously the saw Chitauri, the Chitauri yeah. and he saw yeah. what was to come. Mm. So he's he's drawn attention to himself by the very fact that he's transported through to to them. Or I don't know. I, that's I that's think... what I took from it. I took the fact that it, you know it was a case of why did you know by the first mission I sent Loki to you know the Tsari backup. Why did that end? Because some dude flew up in a red suit. Who's he? I, and, you well, know, we have to, yeah. to find out who he was. The reason so. I'm bringing it up is because I think I'm reading a little bit more into that. Aside from take the gems away from him, he's still a demigod. Yeah. He's still far more intelligent than, than any of them. I think he knows something about Stark, maybe even Stark's destiny, that yeah. he sees Stark as a threat, as he should. Because we know that Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, is key to the MCU. Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's obviously, you know, people now who've seen the film will know that he doesn't die, although we did think at one point that he was going to. I was getting prepared for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't prepared for it. And as you know, I wanted yeah. them to kill Cap off, as they did in the books, for a long time. Now that I think they're taking the Cap character somewhere else, which we'll come to later on, I didn't really want them to because I want them to go down that road. Yeah. In which case, if they're going to kill Tony Stark off, I was sat there thinking, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, I'm not prepared for them to kill off Tony Stark. I, I was thinking, what, what we've seen with Pepper, he cannot die. Yeah. On, and, and I was that emotionally invested in the film. I was thinking, they can't kill him off, but they can't kill him off there. They, he can't be on his own. and he can't, He can't be what happened to Tony. We, he has to have some sort of sacrifice yeah there, there has to be something mm. sacrificial or that but but pepper needs to know it has to be observed yeah. so that she she can have that sort of payoff then that that, mm. that he that, that his death was worth something as opposed to never knowing i kind of went the other way whereas he's always been the sort of the one sort of superhero who's like yeah i am iron man hey everyone you know mm. come, you know we're back on my man so here's my address come get me type thing that if he died alone on a planet I'm not saying it'd be fitting, yeah. but it would be a rug pull that would be better for me, you know? Yeah. Introduction to Spider-Man, he's on the school bus with yeah. Ned. Spidey sense. Yeah, Spidey sense. Spidey sense. Yeah, his arm. Saw that from the trailer. <laughs> Stanley Cameo is the bus driver. Hey, none of you kids ever seen a spaceship before? But yeah, living in New York, they're going to, you know, fair chance that they're going to have grown up around stuff like that. One of the better Stanley Cameos for me, because a lot of the time, if Stanley shows up and says something funny, like the Tony Stank thing, mm. No, I'm alright with that because that's almost mm. like, oh, it's a Stanley cameo. Yeah. What I don't like with Stanley cameos is when he's just like doing something completely just why that adds nothing to the film other yeah. than the fact that Stanley. I love Stanley. Like Golden Guardians too. Yeah, I was gonna say I love yeah. Stan, yeah. I love Stanley and I want Stanley to cameo in every Marvel film. I'm not saying that for a second. Mm. This one actually made sense. It fitted in. If it had been an actor saying that and not Stanley, yeah. that line would have still been relevant. Yeah, no, sorry, that yeah. line would have still been relevant yeah. to the scene. So it's good that they gave, it, gave him that. This was an early MCU Stanley cameo, cameo as yeah. opposed to we've got to top the last one. We've got to top the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it in the in Iron Man two when he was Hugh Hefner? <laughs> mistakes him for Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I like, I like those. Brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah exactly. That uh, it's become something else, hasn't it? And, yeah. Uh, and that that toned it right back down. It was. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was the comment. The, the level of the comedy was such we we didn't need mm. Stanley being. Yeah, I did, I did more than I that. Did, I didn't need. Hey, I'm Stanley. Yeah. You know, in this, I need to. Yeah, and he did. And, and again, fits in with the tone of the film as well. Because if Stanley had come in and said something stupid or done something for comedy, it would have pulled us back, pulled us back, back out. 
So Ebony Moore, um, one of the children of Thanos, has taken Doctor Strange up to his spaceship. Uh, Tony Stark and Spider-Man are in pursuit. So where do we go from there? So now we get the big fight in the park area between Iron Man and... Well, no, we've, we've had that. Spin us no, back. The Iron Man suit. You've got the nanotechnology of the Iron Suit, which Rich, you've said just before the episode, you think looks like a, a, a unitard, some sort of body, yeah, it was, body stocking. I, pre, I I like the idea of the nanotechnology, I like the idea that the suit is enclosed mm. with, with, the, with the chest plate there, but it just, it did look a little bit like it was Black Panther's costume, it was that sort of yeah. unitard. It was, spandex. Yeah. Spandex rather than it, metal, it was, yeah. And I think Robert Downey Jr., I'm sure he's in amazing shape, but I think that metal looked better yeah. whilst I would appreciate uh, the physique of Robert Downey Jr oh, every day of the week I completely agree with you on that to me Iron Man should look iron, iron you mm-hmm. know yeah should look like a or metallic let's say like a yeah like let's a robotic ironic. suit yeah <laughs> yeah no I agree I think later on um, they fall follow the same thing with War Machine which the effects where you've got you've got Don Cheadle's head basically looks like it's floating on a on a yeah. CG robot body We've had it before in the films. As much as there's been no confirmation of this, I'm pretty sure that in between doing the final effects for the theatrical release and then the home releases, I'm pretty sure there's some tinkering going on with these Marvel films because there's some quite dodgy special effects here and in some of the Marvel films I'm noticing in the cinema that later on when you watch the home versions, they've been tinkered with, they've been touched up very subtly to the fact that they don't stand out as much. I noticed it with Civil War and watching it on Blu-ray, you just can't, is that just the screen size? I no, no, no. I, I, you know, I think on you know watching it on Blu-ray on a, on a big TV, it, you, you'll see just the same things. That was one of two two things that I can recall having an issue, a very minor issue effects-wise. The other was Thor. Right towards the end, there was a scene of Thor where he was in mid-air with his weapon of choice, and he shot towards. I, I think it was the beam coming down from the ship in Wakanda, and it looked Superman in 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 um, Justice League. It looked mm-hmm. very much see the cow character looked CG right. with the with the flowing cape. It was seconds. It was a split second. Mm. More like a blob than a person. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it just and I think because I think what we saw was the turn of his face. He turned from camera away from yeah. camera to shoot off, and it was just you know trying to find negatives within the film, and 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 I it was something that just sort of peaked to me there. But we, we are being. Uh, very, know, big, very, very, very. This, big, this is yeah. a two and a yeah. half hour film where there's pretty much special effects throughout. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we just and I've just spent five minutes talking about how good Thanos's um, CGI was. So it's so so we get from there. Now we go to the, we get to Spider Man comes out, uh, not literally, and uh, <laughs> comes out to play and starts training in the fight. We have a little bit of a sort of brief tag team match between Iron Man and Spider Man fighting uh, the Dark Order. There, uh, Strange gets taken yeah, to the ship. Yeah. yeah, Sans cape. Yeah, the, as the ship's leaving, Tony's obviously got some new rocket boosters. Yeah, it's, it seems pretty much that his new suit can do anything. Yeah. yeah, because it's obviously if it's nanotechnology, it's kind of like the T one thousand. The way yeah. it seems to be that there's a probably a load of pre-programmed weapons. Yeah. In fact, probably a better comparison would be it's like the underskeleton of the TX in Terminator 3. Terminator the 3, fact yeah. that she can yeah. mould the technology because you know she's she's covered in a nanotechnology of sorts and then the technology underneath can mould itself into saws, flamethrowers. Well, at one point he does that. He actually makes a sword out of his arm, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same so, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, that, that fits into the suit being like some sort of pliable thing that can change shape. and So, yeah, he, he does seem to have a lot of um, tricks up his so sleeve. Iron Man flying after the ship. Spider-Man, Spider-Man has put a web on there and he's been... He's, but he's got his new Iron Spider suit. Ah, no, he well, didn't. didn't at that point, time. Not at that time, at no. At this point, he didn't. Yeah. He'd 
went slowly himself up there. He was starting to black out because obviously the uh, altitude. He would have blacked out way before then, wouldn't he? He's a spider. He can do what he wants. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Tony's asked for something to be sent from Avengers Tower. Mm-hmm. I'm presuming it's much like the Hulkbuster. It's yeah. going to be something to add on to his suit. Yeah. Turns out it's the Iron Spider Iron suit. Spider. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What did we think of that? The Iron Spider suit. I mean, obviously, we it wasn't a surprise because we'd seen it in the trailers. Yeah. It, it, it suited that moment. It was very good for that moment. And at different stages through the film, I felt differently about it. Yeah. I like... I, I'm not overly keen on the look of it. I'm not overly keen on the design of it. I felt that the legs that came off yeah. were very well used. It was that was they 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 are a key component of the Iron Spider yeah, suit from, was, from yeah. the books. Very so, so that worked very well. Uh, I I prefer Spider Man's traditional suit, and I would hope that when everything's back mm-hmm. to normal and we're all we're all yeah. safe and well, and New York's up and running, that he's back in the more traditional Spider Man suit. I was going to say the follow-up to Homecoming. I hope we get Spider Man. Yeah, I don't want to see the Iron Spider. In no, no, I don't think we will. I think this is the case of just like Tony Stark needs sometimes to have something like a Hulk yeah. suit. He needs yeah. to up the ante. This suit obviously is for look, kids. When you're dealing with crooks down in, you know, Brooklyn, yeah. you're gonna need a normal suit. But this is for fighting, you know, the big boys. Yeah, Tom Holland, he he, he just does it every time, doesn't he? That that boy, he's, mm. he is, I, I think he's fantastic, and I love the relationship between Tony Stark and him. I think that they. <laughs> is it Doctor Strange says, well, "What is this? Is he is he your ward?" Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice little call back to sort of uh, Robin there. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 the chemistry between the two of them. I think we said it before when we were when we were speaking when we did the review of last year when we were talking about Spider Man. Something that they do so well is the actors they pick for the characters are so well done, and the tone of the films, despite the cha- the, the the minor changes between each sort of individual film, with every character that's introduced, you don't feel like they need big introductions to the rest of the cast. They just gel with the the sense of humor, and you know. You forget we haven't seen Tony Stark interacting with Cap- with um, Doctor Strange before. We haven't yeah. seen Tony Stark with Peter Quill, and yet you you watch them and you think, well, they they have. You know, if you didn't know the films any better, you'd be thinking, of course they've been in films together before. Yeah. It's you know, it just works. It just gels so yeah. well. They they're, they're so well. They they they're so good at picking their actors. Yeah. So then we've got the Guardians. Then, but then yeah, you see, we go to the Guardians. Then, don't we? Yeah, obviously the Guardians have responded to the... Um, and that was a fantastic time. introduction, oh, the way you had the, the the place names of everywhere it was happening, New York, you know, and so on, and then it just went, space. Yeah. <laughs> with the ever-expanding Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, yeah. that song playing with them, with them all singing, singing along, just, it was just loving life. Brilliant, wasn't Loving it? life. Yeah. Well, my it was, it was like as if the title I gave the, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 review that I did for the site was as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And it was like it was the As Guardians coming together with yeah. the Guardians. And yeah, so much great comic interplay there. We we, we could spend five or ten minutes just going through every gag. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if I I knew that um uh, James Gunn had some input on it. It wouldn't surprise me if I found out he directed that scene or had yeah. written that scene. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Because it, it actually felt like Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like I was watching yeah. the op- opening scene of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But it didn't feel out of place with everything without else. Without it feeling out of place, mm. yeah. And yeah. and you've got something which is such a definite franchise within the franchise being the Guardians films. Yeah, it's the one sort of it's the one sort of wild card of that franchise, isn't it? Yeah. So they could exist on its own completely yeah. without having any involvement with anything yeah. else, yeah. Yet, we, we moved from one scene to the other, and maybe it was the space set, and I don't know, but it didn't feel like we were jumping to a different franchise. It no. felt very organic and it yeah. felt right. And 
you know, Dave Batista. It's ridiculous. If, if you'd have told us sort of six years ago that Dave Batista would be one of the one of one of the funniest comic elements to this series, I, you, I'd have called you a liar. It'd be ridiculous. But the point is, just from that 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 sort of his approach to playing, you know, the, the character of Drax. He just he just he just nailing it every single he time. He is Drax, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, if you look, you know, you know, we said at the beginning of this franchise that A Batista or the B the Rock was going to be the greatest, you know, yeah. earning star in the world. You just said no way. And I know wrestlers are good, you know, for a certain type of film. And I've seen mm. Batista in other things, and he's not bad in other things. Yeah. But with this film, with this role, he just he's got he is Drax in the yeah. same way that. Danny Junior is Iron Man. Yeah. He is Drax. I couldn't see anyone else playing him. No, no that's right. I'm, I'm not overly familiar with the Guardians comic books. You know, he's. I think he's put more of a comedy spin on the character, like the the li- literal. Way so he deadpan speaks. delivery is just amazing. But it's important to the makeup of the team. He isn't expendable. Mm. No, you know, if if anything happens to Drax, then the team will feel it. Mm. Yeah. it it's it's every every you know, and and I think that's that's credit to to him and, and his mm. performance because you you would never have. I expect him to be very wooden, and of course he plays on that. Yeah. But but in, in you know initially that, that's why I, I didn't think he'd be showing acting chops. I just thought he'd be he was there for the muscle kind of thing. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's it's almost easy to write him off as being the sort of ba Baracus of the A team. It's like you say, just the big guy in the background. Yeah, but he is a vital character, mm. and and I will say as well with Mantis, I wasn't really sure of with Guardians of the Galaxy two. but yeah. she was just one of the Guardians in this. Absolutely, she, she fitted in perfectly. She was, yeah. yeah, that's right, she did, and her powers became relevant, especially yeah. towards yeah. the final confrontation they have with Thanos. Yeah, it was you know the, the the Guardians comedy fitted in well to the the, the aftermath of the, the comedy the Thor's bringing in from Ragnarok. Put putting Thor in with them then when they met, genius, outstanding, absolutely yeah. outstanding. That's my word. I think maybe some of the humor wore on a little bit. You, you could have possibly, even though it was funny, and it yeah. really was, did you need the Star-Lord mocking or, or, or trying to do the same voice as Thor? Maybe it went on a couple of sentences. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was very funny, admittedly. I, I love that bit. I've got to be honest, yeah. I love that bit. Thor calling um, Rocket Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit, rabbit and tree. Tree. <laughs> that's but that's tree. what he does. You know, he, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Thor has got a way of, when, he, when he's away from his own environment, he refers to things in basic terms. Yeah. And I was going to say, if you notice with Thor as well, for the minute he sort of gained consciousness again after that fantastic, he's not a he's not a dude, he is a man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, what 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 was it that Drax said? It's like it's it's like it's an angel and a pirate, a pirate, a pirate is, is an angel and a baby. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, amazing. But Thor instantly went into "I am Thor, God of Thunder." You know, yeah. he, 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 the yeah. persona came up straight. But he's obviously he sees these as nothing much more than a team of space scroungers. Yeah. Pirates. Well, yeah. well, he didn't know at the time, did he? No. Because he's just he, he's just been blown up on, on his yeah. ship. Whereas, where, as far as he's concerned, his entire race has just been wiped out. Well, he wakes he... up on a ship. He doesn't know that he's about to die. Yeah, he does know Star-Lord. As much as Star-Lord would like to think he's some sort of... Um... Legendary Han Solo type character. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is obviously what Star-Lord's based himself on. Yeah. Coming from Earth. He know? isn't really, is he? And, and Thor doesn't know him. So Thor's obviously, as a god, trying to assert himself over this group. And but if, think... if you look, I was going to say straight away, he just dictates straight He starts eating their food. He's, t- he's taking yeah. what he wants. Yeah. He's taking Star-Lord's back. back. He's... He's basically saying, "Look, I'm just, I'm, I'm off. You guys are serious yeah, yeah. requirements. I'm off. You know, but, but I'm going to take what I want. And you guys just stand there and watch me look pretty. You know, he takes, he takes Rocket and Groot with him, and then we end up with like a cool little team. Yeah, that I never saw coming. No, yeah. never saw. I didn't see them splitting the Guardians up, and then obviously later on, Gamora yeah. gets taken away. Yeah, yeah. 
So there we go through the Guardians bit, and then we go to... Just before we, we left Earth, Tony Stark was about to call Cap, oh, because yeah. obviously yes. they've quickly the realised that we need with, to with, get... With the phone that he left yeah. at the end of Civil War. Question, does Tony Stark carry that phone around with him at all times? How does he stay charged? <laughs> yeah, that was my first question. Anyone going to knock no, you? I was, was going to say, I'd gone the other way. I'd taken it and he'd turn the phone back on. So if the battery was charged and he turned it off, it wouldn't have lost any charge. Because when he turned it on, he looked at the battery as if to say, is it still on? Yeah, yeah. So Maybe, I think yeah, yeah. it wasn't that he was carrying the phone with him waiting for Captain so, Ray. Yeah, it was, we, I'm only going to turn this phone on when I need to. Again, the setup is very early on now. They need to find Vision. Who's going to be able to find him? He's, he's, he's gone off, off the radar. Well, yeah. Cap could find him. So then we go to Scotland where you've got Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, with Vision. Vision now is has changed his appearance so he looks human. Clearly they're in a relationship now, full blown. And that's been going on for two years. Two years, yeah. 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 Since Civil War, really. Yeah. That, that was 2016. So, yeah, they're in a relationship. And obviously, Vision then is getting these sort of feelings that something's wrong. The, the, the mind stone is telling him that something's up. And then, you know, nice little scene out in, um, you know, the, the, the street, streets of Scotland. And a bit of a surprise if I yeah. go to Scotland, yeah. And then we've got the, the Dark Order are back. And, you know, we have a, another action scene. Yeah, I thought again because of the the stakes being so high. For a second, I thought that's vision done. Yeah, yeah. with with this with the because it hit you so quickly. This because he was stabbed from behind, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, and I thought, fucking hell, that's it. That's him done. I I, I yeah. didn't think vision was going to last long in the film. I thought that I, you, you saw. Me. Yeah, I thought that the mind stone. You see them with the the spear, whatever it is, on the stone, which obviously you know they don't get it out of his head at that point. There, I thought he's going to be gone early on in the film. But he's he's one of the characters who who served a purpose, but I don't see a future with that character. I don't see what they're going to do with him, where he's going. You're not, you're not going to see a Vision spin-off movie. No, no, but, he's, no, but no, Vision is key. Yeah, he, He's one of the key Avengers. He's key because he's he is so intelligent. He is so He's something that he's he's almost like godlike. Well, we had a little bit of narrative, didn't we, with Bruce Banner later on in the film, whereby when they were discussing removing the stone why it would be something that they could do mm. because he's an amalgamation of and it was almost a bit of a reminder the fact that he is Jarvis yeah. he's got elements of Tony Stark Ultron, Ultron, and Ultron. Bruce Banner yeah. he is he is like I think he's too important for them to do away with it, it was a rem- it was reminding us as the audience yeah. why he is important yeah. as opposed to the red guy that came out of Ultron and is now in a, a relationship with Scarlet Witch who's also a bit of treading water we know I don't personally because I've not read the comics, but from the conversations no. we know there's a lot more with her. But at the yeah. moment, yeah. there is a lot of it's a it, this is all the love you know. It, and I think if I didn't know what I know from what you've told me about the comics, I would be very bored with with her character because it's mm. literally a case of they just seem to be the love. She's obviously been through tragic circumstances and she's relevant because of what happened in Sokovia. But actually now she seems to be Vision's love interest, and it's all what is actually going to happen. She's got this. Yeah. Untold powers, very powerful, but we've not yet really seen her do anything with it. Well, you in in the books initially for for years, and and you know, the relationship of Vision was set up decades ago. Her powers are what used to be called hex magic. She's able to affect probabilities in her favor, much like the character that we're going to see in Deadpool two of Domino, who's yeah. just basically the luckiest person in the world. And her mutant power is the fact that she changes probability to her liking. And it's the it's the same thing with Scarlet Witch, but later on in the books during the. Avengers disassembled House of M storyline that we find out that Doctor Strange works out that her powers are on a, on, a, on a small localized level she is altering reality. Now 
given the fact that her powers manifest themselves in this sort of red, wavy, wispy sort of way, and we, we've seen the ether, the reality stone, in Thor the Dark World, yeah. is exactly the same thing. She's got a stone that she used to carry out. I didn't yeah. even notice if you had it on in this. I didn't notice on this time there. It looks to me as if her powers derive from, from the same source, and it is always that tied to the fact that if she can alter reality, her powers manifest as this red thing, the ether, the reality stone, is red, then there's got to be a tie there. Yeah, could and it be? Could it be a small slither of that stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's what I was going to say because, because the, the, it's it's liquid, it is formless, and we see it at the point in Thor: The Dark World where it doesn't take the form of a stone. Yeah, it's almost like a sort of haze, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sort of mist. that's right. And when again, a heavy spoiler, but when Thanos is in control of it and he does change the reality, the edge of the wipe yeah. is yeah. the red. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same red thing. Yeah. So you know, as I've been saying for ages, I'm hoping that this is all going to tie together later on. Yeah. Because I'm hoping the further down the line, we all know that some big reset is going to come. You know, we know that we're fast approaching it. We're, we're yeah. now, well, at the end of this film, yeah. you know, some sort of big reset is probably going to happen. Yeah. We know that with the Disney Fox buyout, the fact that we're potentially going to be getting the remaining Marvel characters that Marvel Studios don't own incorporated into the MCU, and surely by way of some sort of merging of the multiverse realities you know things which the MCU has already established that's how they're going to bring these characters in I think you assume with characters like the Fox characters like your Fantastic Fours and your, your mutants from X-Men it's going to be very hard now to do a standalone film in the way they did Black Panther and then say oh we're going to introduce you in the next big team up I think they're going to be introduced via the team ups hmm. we've already been told haven't we that that uh, we'll, we'll come to it later but Avengers 4 that's the sort of the end point for the MCU as we know it yeah. is the way that it's we're not you know the phase system is probably going to be going mm. we're not going to be working towards the next big Avengers film it is the structure is going to change and people have jumped on the bandwagon and assumed that that means there's going to be recast and there's going to be a, but I personally don't think that's the way that it's going to go no. I, based, no my own opinion would be why would you wipe off everything you've got no. everything you've done and re, you can't I think they're going to build on it rather than try and knock to. it down and but the structure I, I can see yeah. how the structure is going to change mm. because it's so ground shaking and, and the structure of what happened yeah so anyway we go to Scotland we get a little bit of that Vision's almost dead yeah. and then we end up in a train station with a character coming out of the shadows now this is one of those things where, my God, that looked tremendous. But my God, why did they put that in the trailer? As, as soon as I saw the character stood behind the train, I thought, this is the scene where Captain America emerges from the shadows with a beard and catches a spear. I knew that was coming. But the, way, really the way the trailer cut that, that looked to me as if it was, it was in Wakanda. Wakanda. Yeah, mm. I know, but it was just a set in a bit. And I was, Again, you know... Yeah, we, I know, I know. Just from a personal point of view. Look, we have got the option... And we're never going to have the self-control to do it, but we've got the option to not, not watch, watch the these trailers. trailers. Yeah. We should, yeah. we shouldn't. Unfortunately, I think it, I, I would defy anyone, exactly, we, any Marvel fan, yeah. not to watch those trailers. Aside from that, we run a website, we run a podcast. We need to know these things. Yeah. We can't be talking about them. We can't be doing previews of films without knowing about the trailers. Yeah. I don't actually recall that scene from the trailer, which I'm pleased about. All oh, right, because I was going to say with that instantly, I was like, that looks fucking awesome. The fact that the train goes past. You can see the shape of someone stood behind her. No, see, I because I hadn't made that connection. I oh. saw, saw the silhouette. I thought, well, hang on, they've not set anything up. There's no geographically speaking, there's no one else now that could turn up to save the day. Yeah. When he turned up, I th it took me a second to think, hang on, how is Cap here? Of course, the phone was left on the floor. Bruce Banner picks it up. He's he says to Wong, "I'm going to make the call." He yeah. makes the call. A couple Fine of days vision. later, Fine Vision. Yeah, Cap teams up with Black Widow and Falcon. Yeah, but was I was I alone in thinking at that time? 
it was a surprise to see Captain America because I I, I hadn't at that point missed him. It wasn't a case of no, right, no. when's Cap coming. When's, you yeah. know, it was because you were so, everything was so busy, mm-hmm. and and that's probably about half an hour I was, into the I film. I was going to say my again, I'm probably going against my own preconceptions. My preconceptions of this film was the Cap was going to show up in the latter end in Wakanda, and that was going to be all I was going to see a Cap. Because again, they, the way they edit these trailers together, the trailers give you like a false structure of the film. Yeah. So I've now slagged off the trailers, and now I'm complimenting the trailers. <laughs> I've just totally well, gone you've, full circle there. <laughs> Sorry, my you, fault. You just look at the, 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 the trailer we saw today that was the first Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailer, which yeah. shows the film to be basically a rescue operation on the island, but that is literally just from what we've seen from the second trailer. That's the first half, or maybe yeah. even the first third of the film. They've even said it switches genres halfway through. Exactly, it turns yeah. into more of a horror film. Now, it's the same with the, with the Infinity War trailers that we've seen. We put too much onus on how those trailers are cut together. And we've seen it for decades, the way the trailers can missell a film or misdirect you. And I think all the misdirection has done here is, is purposeful, oh, absolutely. as we've seen. And this film, more than anything, if you look back now with the trailers, there's so much stuff in the trailers that isn't in the films because it's complete misdirection. Yeah, It's and, taking and, you and, away from the fact that... And scenes that are altered, not just missing, scenes that are altered. Yeah. I got to the point with that when I was thinking, because obviously we're going to bring up the other scene that we all saw, which was the Wakanda scene where you've got Cap, Black Widow, Bucky. Black Panther, Bucky, Falcon and War Machine, Hulk was running behind and all running in slow motion looks great. And that, that wasn't in the, film. In the yeah. film. A lot of times like Rogue One and you know you see scenes and they're cut and all mm. reshot and that explains why they weren't in the film. Mm. I almost got the impression that much like the sort of eye patch thing with Thor in the initial trailer... They'd actually just put that scene in to throw you off. Mm. Maybe not to throw you off. Maybe because in that scene, what you're seeing is it's Wakanda's a, a key location. So the scene they put in there, that's a that's a slow motion. That, that's basically telling us what the film is about and an extent of what you're going to get from the film. A scene sells it, but actually that scene doesn't have to be from the film. But it's a case of it's almost like a poster. It's like a movie it's a, poster. It's a very expensive yeah. bit of promotional Bushful. material yeah. which they've created just for the trailer. Yeah. We all were gushing over when we saw it. Yeah. We all reposted that same shot on Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. We saw thousands of people doing exactly the same thing. That little gif of you know the, yeah. the them running as a team is not in the film. It looks like it was a promotional thing. And it but did, again, and we, again, the film didn't suffer for that. There was no part where I was thinking, was, "I wish again, this scene no. was in there." There, there yeah. were so many jaw dropping, fist bumping moments of spectacle in this film. Anyone that goes into this film and looks at it under a microscope I, I did but only because I had certain expectations and, and I'm a, you know, a massive fan of the books and of, of this franchise but if you go in, into it with a cynical view of oh you know this is going to be this that whatever just remind yourself of the fact that hang on we have now had 19 films in this series in 10 years you cannot compare this to any other franchise no. nothing no. nothing comes even close as far, in terms of story building characters the quality of the actors. We've said before, not to go over all ground again, but even the worst MCU film is is no lower than a six out of ten. I, yeah. I personally would would say maybe even a little bit higher Seven, than that. Yeah. Once you start taking these films for granted, then you sort of lose sight of what they are, and you, you you're just basically being greedy. Well, I was going to say, you know, it goes to show, like we were saying there about Thor pairing up with uh, the Guardians. That was a nice little setup then. That when he went off with uh, Rocket and and the tree, <laughs> the tree, yeah. When we then got Stark bumping into the Guardians, instantly as soon as Thor's name was mentioned, it was all Thor told us about you guys. It it all worked because you've got that much interplay between characters and you've got that much sort of intertwining stories and everything. Nothing in that film felt forced. 
you know sometimes when you watch a film there's like some sort of team up yeah or it, it happens more predominantly with tv programs doesn't it yeah and you get a team up and it's, it's it feels forced and it feels you know as if we're just going to drop this character into this show mm. this all just felt like a natural progression of, well yeah within two, within two minutes of speaking to star lord yeah. he'd work out the iron man you thought you know yeah. <laughs> you know we all remember um on murder she wrote when angela lansbury just had a new holiday in hawaii and, she met magnum and met magnum you know yeah. it, it, nothing felt it all was organic it's, 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 <laughs> to me that was the best pair of until this film rich <laughs> the, the standard was very very high <laughs> it was a, it was a great benchmark and I, I couldn't believe that anyone went over it but this surpassed the time that it took Magnum 30 years Magnum and right, Murder sorry, She Wrote let me just google uh, Magnum P.I. Murder She Wrote crossover because I've never heard this does happen that does wow. happen okay I'm going to be watching that was that a real tonight. thing that really happened <laughs> Okay, so where are we then? Uh, we've got, again, this is a two and a half hour film. Right, so we've it. got Iron Man and Spidey are on the ship. Doctor Strange is being tortured quite brutally with yeah. the with the surgical needles, which uh, Ebony Moore, which you know, the more I think about him, what, a, what an awesome character. He, he could have yeah. been the main villain, couldn't he? Yeah. Like I say, he could be a villain in any Marvel film. Ha- he, Marvel have solved their villain problem yeah. right. with with two villains. Yeah. You know, let, let, let's do let's like we're talking about surgical stuff. Let's put this one under the knife. I like that. Ooh. Right. Good segue. I, I should write, shouldn't I? You should. Okay. Let's have a go at that. Way with words, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got, he's being tortured. He's put a spell on the amulet yeah. that um, won't release the, the, the time stone. Yeah. Again, this is exposition. You know, later on, Thanos is able, again, and you know, this is like analysing things on the fly here because we haven't had a chance to think about it, to process it, and to talk about it. He sets up, I think, an important bit of exposition here. The fact that he has put a spell on that stone yeah. that no one will be able to to break. Yeah. Yet when Thanos comes along, even though yet yeah, granted he's already in possession of four of the stones by then, he's already got the, the yes, he's got, got the, the soul stone by the time. And again, I know we're jumping ahead, but it's it's hard not to you know go back and forth on these things. We'll come later on to what happens with the time stone and the fact that Doctor Strange effectively gives it up, doesn't he? Yeah. To save Stark, even though he said, "Have no doubt, I will." Put the stone before you, before this well, kid, Spider-Man. Already, already pre-warned him, aren't he? Yeah. I think there's something to play there. I do yeah. as well. We, we've already said that, again, before we recorded this, we did have a brief chat and uh, as we were setting up, and one of the things we mentioned was, why did Doctor Strange so easily give up the time stone to Thanos? Well, he, he, he gets tortured, you know, to the point, one of the most brutal torture scenes that I think you could ever get away with on a film that's rated the way it is. PG-13. PG-13 or 12 I mean, I'm, I'm going back to see the film with my son. Now, my, my son is 11, and I'm quite comfortable with the fact that he could watch that because yeah, you know, he's, he's watched films like Predator, so he'll be all right with that. But I could see a lot of kids being quite scared by that. Yeah. But it needed to be in the film. Mm. It needed to be in the film. And like you say, the torture that he's going there, I mean, one of those points is heading right towards his eye. Yeah. One, you know, And he's willing to yeah. take that through, you know, in the eye. Again, yeah, that, that scene, as much as it was quite nasty, I think it's it's by far nowhere near the most brutal torture scene we see in the film one we'll come to later oh yeah but I would say just set the standard yeah. straight away of like this is and I think in much the same way uh, when I did the Black Panther episodes uh, that I was saying this is not your average Marvel film I almost sort of took that as yeah it's a different type of story it's a different type of culture and it's you know this is involves the same main players but it is nothing like any Marvel film I've totally, ever seen before yeah. totally but again like we said they, they set the stall up early on You've got the ominous yeah. music. You haven't got the the, the uplifting Marvel 
fanfare at the beginning. It's all going to be all right. Yeah. Nothing's going to be all right. No. Where we're talking about whether Doctor Strange was there's something to play. He had that the meditation moment where he was looking at all the yeah, possible outcomes. Possible outcomes and, he, yeah. and I can't remember the 14. number. He said fourteen million. million. Yeah, one hundred and sixty-two or something. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was around fourteen plus million outcomes that he's just somehow visited. Yeah, and one and one where it works out. One where it works out. So he's not. What he has done has to be the end game for that one. He, because, says, he says to Stark, doesn't he? And again, I know we're skipping ahead, but he gives up the time stone. But initially, it looks like it's to save Stark and the rest of them. Stark says to him, why did you do that? And he said, you've got to understand this is the end game. Yeah. He didn't say anything more than that. And again, I think that's a key pivotal moment that's going to be coming up at some point in the future. We've already seen that he's got mastery of the time stone. Yeah. We've seen in this film that he can make duplicate versions of himself. He can make duplicate versions of the stone. Clearly, the stone he gives Thanos is the time stone. Because he later uses it in the film to put time back. But something Doesn't else there has happened. Or is that reality? Again, we don't know. Because we're, there's so many possible... Something which is key as well, sorry to talk over you then, but something which is key then as well, is that we have a couple of times the phrase is said, we don't put a, one life over... Yeah. Uh, and what it does he do up, with Tony yeah. Stark? Because he says, I'll give you the stone if you save his life. So we don't get told that twice earlier on in the film no. for then... The end game no, to be we're going to sacrifice we're going to sacrifice everyone for for Tony Stark, which mm. is basically no. If you look, the interaction between Cap and Vision, between Scarlet Witch and Vision, was the same yeah. rhetoric, wasn't it? Which yeah. is like to quote the greatest actor of all time, William Shatner. William Shatner and his pivotal role, the need of the many, outweighs the needs of the few. Yeah, you know, so or the one, the one in oh. this case. We are jumping ahead a bit, but I do think there's some there's there's a lot more to this, and I'm convinced. I'm not even sure that's the time stone. I know, I know. Thanos uses it and thinks he's yes. and thinks he's using it, but like we say, you've got reality. There's, there's something at play. I think Doctor Strange. Yeah. He, he is too powerful. He's too intelligent to just go out like a yeah. like a mug. And like you say, he is the most clinical, surgical approach to yeah. to anyone. Yeah, they, they he's, not... he's the one character yeah. that literally would sacrifice everyone on the Avengers yeah. to save the planet. Yes, he would. Stark might talk about doing it. Cap would never do it. There's one or two of us that might front up that they would do it, mm. but when it came to the, the actual crunch, you and I both know the stars going to stop at the last second and say, no, don't kill us all. Yeah. Because he has got that human attachment. Well, I think with Steve Strange, it's a bit... Steve, Stephen Strange, we don't know what's happening. I got Steve because we're friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen Doctor Strange, apart from you know um, the, the Thor Ragnarok bit. We haven't seen what he's been up to for the last two no. years. Seeing how quickly he was able to become... Pro- proficient in magic we don't know what he's done yeah. bear in mind he's got possession of a, of a stone he could have lived for years within that two-year time frame yeah, he because could have, he could have, he could have lived several gone from yeah he could have gone to different time periods he could have been doing who knows what yeah but we also they were very non-specific with the time frame within the film weren't they, they but they also it anywhere. Like, they, like this is a, this is a two and a half we hour film strange film I mean. it's a two and a half hour film cost 500 million dollars this you know it's the Russo brothers we know that they're writing sound they're not going to put that scene in with him looking at all those different possibilities without that being a key scene to the story going forward yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I think you know it's not so much a suspicion I think we're just reading it as we should be yeah if we think about it at the time we took that as like we'll skip forward quickly there's a bit of a thing uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man end up bumping the, the remaining members of the Galaxy, the Galaxy. they find out what's After going on after a nice little Aliens reference where they yeah, kill Ebony Moore by blowing him out in space I didn't see that coming wanted yeah. him off early yeah. once again anyone seen that really old film Aliens yeah. Tom Holland again so he's referenced Empire Strikes Back Aliens and Scotty Loose it's going to be yeah. Back to the Future in the next film isn't it two, yeah, two, Kevin, two Kevin Bacon references in this film there was yeah yeah because yeah, uh, Loose Mantis asked if Kevin Bacon was part of the Avengers. I don't know. I've not been there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> so you know some of the comedy you think sometimes you wish they'd pay it back but when it works it works like gangbusters the, the thing is it, it works because if you've got the guardians doing that you're used to having that type of humor in the guardians films mm-hmm. so when thor does it you're used to it because of ragnarok you know so when they do it it works perfectly mm-hmm. and i think that's that's it was brilliant the way you could balance so many personalities so many different characters into one mm-hmm. film and still, all the way through this film, I'm dreading what's coming next. I'm I, dreading what's I, this, this film is, apart from two characters that we don't see in the film we will come to later, is juggling the whole... Apart from um, Korg, um, Meek, and mm. obviously Valkyrie that we haven't seen, it's juggling the whole roster. Yeah. In a two-and-a-half-hour film, guys, do you think they pulled it off with how much screen time each character gets? Do you think there's anyone that's given short shrift and we should have seen more of them or we saw too much of them? No, I've got to be honest. There was a point where I thought, is this going to become two or three films running at the same time? Yeah, is we've had that be, before. Is this going to be a point where we're going to see, right, Guardians with Thor, yeah. Cap and Strange, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, uh, Iron Man and Strange, Cap and Wakanda. Yeah. That was, in my head, that was the way it was going to go. Mm. It didn't. They were, they were yeah. chopping and changing everywhere, yeah. weren't they? You know? yeah, I think yeah. because of the fact that you've got a main bad guy that can go from place to place. You, know, you can yeah. uh, travel through space and you know, Traveling becomes, you know, just a matter of where to go. The groups that they separated them into worked well. Some of them were unexpected, but mm-hmm. they but they were I they like worked. They, they did very very well. well. They they removed the characters that didn't need to be any further, whether it was via death or via giving them a job to do. So Wong was sent back. Yeah. So so we he he played the part that he needed to play, but had he been with Stephen Strange, then things would have been very different. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you needed need, to be need, out of the picture. Yeah, you needed Strange out of his comfort zone and such, didn't you? We, we, uh, we knew that Heimdall was on the ship, so we needed to find out what happened to Heimdall, but actually his character, what's, what, where, where, what's going to happen with him in the future? So he has to go. Same with Loki. How he's d- peaked and he's sacrificed himself. Well, Rich, you mentioned Wong. How do we not know that Wong is not back in Bleecker Street as some sort of backup to Strange? Well, yeah. he said something, didn't he? He was he, going he back to protect. Yeah, there's, there's... The Sanctum Sanctorum yeah, yeah. is unguarded. He has to go back yeah. there. Yeah. So this, this obviously, that's mm. going to come into it, uh, you know, sort of later on. It, yeah. It is. Right, so the Guardians then, um, they split up. Star-Lord and his crew, they go off to uh, Nowhere that we mm. saw, last saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, where the Collector is in possession of the Aether, which Eagle Eye viewers, which if they watched at the end of Full of the Dark World, Volstad and uh, Sif take the Aether to the Collector. So yeah. the Collector is in possession of it. Why the hell they give it to him, I don't know. Well, the, <coughs> the thought with that was, Star-Lord said only a idiot would put that there and Thor said or a genius because it's mm. the last place you would hide yeah. something so valuable yeah that's right yeah yeah so no, that true. made sense to me it's, it's almost like hiding in plain sight it's the yeah, one place yeah. you wouldn't put that's it right. let's put it there because they mm. won't go looking for it yeah, there. Yeah. again leading on to a scene that I just thought was absolute genius they go there uh, we see Thanos torturing um, Benicio Del Toro's character of the collector we later find out that it's all a ruse he's already got the reality stone He's made a little pocket reality, which is a you know just a little bit of a, a magic trick to trick Gamora into coming forward because it's her that he's after. No, that bit was a obviously a big rug pull. The part where Gamora co- confronted Thanos, took him by surprise, took and, him out. Yeah, there was a part of me going, "Oh my god, they have fucking blown my mind." Thanos dies now and is a different villain. I, I was I was just watching it. I wasn't jumping ahead thinking how are they going to do this. I I was just trying to take it all in because yeah. 
we're not even given that much time to process it. He gets killed, and then I'm thinking, right, which one of the stones are these guys going to be able to re- yeah. revive him? I yeah, don't that's know. That's what but I power thinking. stone. The power stone seems to have powers to destroy, not to revive. I thought, I don't know. He starts to, you hear his voice, and then all of a sudden you see that, like you mentioned, Rich, the red, wavy reality yeah. effect. Yeah. Everything changes, and we see that he's actually laid the place to waste, and we don't even see the collector. He's no. probably just been obliterated. He's now got, he's got space, power, and reality. reality. He's got three of the stones. Then we have Gamora's little flashback. She could, well, we, yeah, flashback. And we find out why Gamora, you know, became... Yeah, his adoptive daughter. Yeah. Do we then get the the Which, torture we, scene? Yeah. Then we went to the torture scene. Then we yes. had well, let's talk about the torture scene. Yeah. Thanos takes it, doesn't he? And then we've got the reactions then from because obviously we've seen Drax possibly being killed. Obviously in that, yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah. and then Mantis, Mantis as well. As well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, then you've got the recovery from that. Then so you've got that the reaction, and then does it jump straight to the scene? Are they back up there on the ship then with? Yeah, I think pretty pretty. Pretty soon after he gets uh, Gamora, he takes her to the ship, doesn't he? And he introduces well, her. Yeah, to... We don't have to get too bogged down in the, yeah, in the chronology because yeah. we're probably going to realise later we've missed out. <laughs> oh, we've yeah. probably missed out. Oh, we've got stress. scenes out of order, but what do we think of that scene the where. Nebula's been captured. Well, we, we've seen ne- Nebula, she left, didn't she? She left. She had a very touching moment in Guardians 2 where she has a you know, hug with her sister. Well, I think that was the thing as well. Guardians 2 was the one film that didn't run in chronological order, wasn't it? It was the one where they said literally there's going to be two years between. Yeah. Mm. What you see in Guardians 2 and Infinity War, there's yeah, going to be a two-year right. space. So she'd obviously gone off on her own little mission and yeah. done her own thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's been captured by Dad, yeah. by Thanos. And as I was talking about the torture scene with Strange, this one, was... this one took it to a whole new level, didn't it? Did, it? Yeah. The fact that Ebony Moore is, or, or what, even if it's, I don't know, the, the room that she's in, she's being pulled apart because obviously she's mostly machine now. The worst thing for me was the screams. Yeah. When I, when, you know, if... I don't see any other way. I'm going to have to take my son to see. I'll be a bad dad if I don't. That scene, I think, is going to disturb him. This this whole film... You can see her brain. Your brain is in two segments. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not afraid... Like I say, with my, with my boy, <laughs> I'm not afraid that anything's going to scare him. I'm not afraid that anything's going to make him put his head or lose his IMAX glasses like he did in the uh, Shining scene in uh, Ready Player yeah. One. But I think there's a few scenes there that could disturb kids. Yeah. Even like kids yeah. of a certain age. Like I say, like Zach's 11, 12, he's hitting the sort of teenage yeah. thing. I think me at like sort of 12 or 13, there's, there's a couple of these scenes would have disturbed me. Well, perhaps not scared me, but you know, would have played on my mind a little the bit. The shrill screams, that's what I think. Yeah. Children, yeah. children under the age of 10, I think they're going to find this a very disturbing mm. film, especially ones who were invested in the characters. Yeah. They're going to see a lot of characters killed and it's going to upset them. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you look at Nebula, you know, if you were watching that as a, you know, as an adult, yes, but definitely as a child. She has a redemption story from one mm-hmm. into two. Yeah. She becomes a, a part of the Guardians, if you like. She, yeah. you know, she'd be one you'd have on your poster on the wall with the Guardians, wouldn't she? Yeah, that's right. And then to see her being sort of... And she's had a life br- of torment. Brutalised. I mean, yeah. she alludes to it, doesn't she, in Guardians 2, about yeah, what he used to do The fact that every time she lost, he'd replace a part of her. Yeah. But just brutalised what he's doing to her. Yeah. It's, you know, it's terrible, and, you know... Hats off to Callan Gillard as well, because mm. to, to do that with the effects and still bring that emotion, the pain, pain, and torment, and, yeah, wow, yeah, it's. I've already tempered my son's expectations. We've had a conversation. I said, "Well, who do you think now that is going to die in Infinity War?" Because obviously, we know the characters are going to die, or at least we hoped um, on some level. Well, I don't know, hoped, but yeah. well, we, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see them all live. Well, it's, you know, it's the film we, we wanted the big gut punch. We wanted yeah. we wanted to have you know be be shocked, and yeah. there's a lot of shock moments in this film. 
but I think you know if your children are certainly children under ten, I think they're gonna they're gonna find this film upsetting. My, I know my boy's gonna find uh, the death of Loki upsetting. Yeah, he loves Thor Ragnarok. Um, he loves the character of Loki. Yeah, even though he's you know villainous, I think by by Thor Ragnarok, well, he's mischievous, he's, he's, mischievous, yeah, he's, isn't he? mischievous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to a young lad, that's... Ca- causing the death of thousands of people in New yeah. York. A bit of mischief, but he does it with a smile. Yeah, because he does. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's going to find it upsetting. So I've got my concerns about taking him to see it. But like I say, a film as monumental as this. I've said to my son, I've said, this is the best. This is hopefully going to be the best film that's made so far in your lifetime. And he's if, seven years old. If we weren't doing the podcast straight after, because there's a school day. If we weren't doing the podcast straight after, I would have, he'd have had a sick day today. Yeah, well, your children interact with other children. They carry germs. They get ill. Yeah, with parents, we, we know it, these things happen, and sometimes they happen on the day of a premiere of a yeah. film. Yeah, that that was a very upsetting scene. And then again, I know we skip away from them. But well, again, it's again it's that thing of the need of one outweighing the need of many. Because again, Gamora initially resists hmm. helping Thanos, and it gets to the point where she says, "Okay, stop. I'll help you." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because she can see the, the, the pain mm. that you know her sister's going through. Right, let's do this little arc chronologically so we don't lose any of the impact. We then go to, uh, I can't remember the name of the planet, but she gives up the location of the Soul Stone because as we find out in her dealings as Thanos' agent or daughter, you know, when she was working for her, or maybe at some point after, she has found out a map for the Soul Stone which she destroyed, which she burned. But yeah. Thanos quite rightly knows that she knows think, where it is and I think we move to the scene in the film where there are far better scenes that are far more action packed scenes that are far more visually brilliant scenes for me this is the scene of the movie this is the show this is the show stealer now where we go and try oh, to find the soul stone the soul stealer the finding of the soul stone you know in, in the preview episode we did uh, we all discussed the fact that yeah we think it's going to be on Wakanda I'm glad it's not because you've already got the mind stone and the time stone on earth you don't yeah. want three stones on one planet that was far it's yeah. just ridiculous yeah, the fact that massive, yeah, massive universe so that's right why make the, the Marvel universe smaller than it, than need be it's on a planet that we don't even know where it is we don't know how it got to be there we don't even need to know so they go to this planet the, the look of the planet it looks like there's a permanent solar eclipse you've got um, like this sort of looks like a lake that's dried up and yeah, it's like barren isn't it barren pockets of water everywhere it looks like this in an, in an eternal sunset it looked incredible. Yeah, it looked amazing. And then you had these two soul characters walking along then having their father-daughter chat and then they come to this place and we're met up with... Mountain range, basically. Yeah, yeah, they go up a mountain and you see like this wispy sort of cloaked, dark wraith character. Yeah, which initially I thought was like some sort of Grim Reaper. Yeah, he yeah. does have the appearance of death. Yeah. Death obviously being a representation of a, of a skeletal form in yeah. a cape. And then obviously the big reveal... Don't want to say I called on this one, guys, but how long ago did I say they yeah. have to bring back the Red Skull? And I'm going to say I completely agree with you on that when you first brought it up, and we've talked about it over the years, haven't we? Really, mm-hmm. um, but it was still a it was brilliant, genius, uh, absolute I, I, genius. I, I, I have to apologise to the quite elderly lady who sat next to me for my profanity at that point because I, I was in well, shock. Rich, I, t- I turned to you, and what did I say? <laughs> You've got to be fucking, you, you kidding, be fucking me. kidding me. I'm not an applauder in an audience in the cinema, but there was a few moments in this film. Oh, you like that, didn't I? One whereby point. it was yeah. Lit- of, yeah, literally. I went, it's going to be fucking how they did it. Yeah, for, <laughs> for our, just look for our American listeners. The 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 sort of preconceived thing that the British are far less willing to clap and show things like that. It is true. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not a nation of we're people. We're not a nation that, of whoopers, are we? Well yeah, done. well done. Yeah, well done. but um, 
Yeah, they, this this film. There were a few moments where I wanted to clap. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely that was one of them. So we get the Red Skull sort of gives his brief explanation yeah, of the why fact he's that, been there. Yeah, he's been put there as a sort of punishment of sorts. I, I once held an Infinity Stone myself, and it cast me out and put me here. Wow, bang! There we are. It's, it's incredible. He then gives us the important exposition of the fact that this stone, unlike the others. It's it's the soul stone. I was gonna say we read Skull just to sort of hark back when we've talked about it in the past. I always thought that maybe he might come back in like Cap Captain America three or four, you know, or mm. he may come in as a villain and another. It felt like he got short shrifted, yeah. didn't it? It was there was so much potential with him. He has to be important. But this was just like to me, this Perfect. was just like like literally like you evil bastard. You've been cast here. And that's it now. Yeah. You're not going to no, come yeah. back with some nefarious scheme no. of revenge. or You're done. Wow. Yeah, wow. Unless the fact that later on in the films he's fulfilled his purpose. And, and he's allowed to leave though. Yeah. Again, he's, he's there. He's a potential unknown quantity that can be used later on. Yeah. But this use of him, for me... And I think that's what... Highlight the, of, I say, one of the highlights of a yeah, with film any, full With of any other franchise, I think you'd have seen Red Skull come back, whether it had been a Captain sequel or whether he you know, appeared in a Guardians film or whatever, you'd have been used as a main villain. You, mm. would have, you could look at it now as, as he'd been given short shrift. Oh, no, this is like the perfect... Yeah. Sort yeah. Of it's, it's General Ross all over again. Yeah. It's let's hark back to the first year of the MCU. Let's yeah. not the first two years of the MCU. Let's pick someone mm. to remind... He's, they, you know, it's like with General Ross in, in Civil War, it was a case of yeah. a little reminder of where we were in the early days and this is we, we are we're not averse to catching up with the character well, that's what I mean they've got such a roster they've got such a roster haven't they that yeah. when you look at like say the Red Skull if you look at like say Doctor Doom is associated mostly with Fantastic Four but yeah. then in the comics and like in the animated series it's, you know he has an amazing fights with Iron Man yeah. you know or he shows up in the Hulk or whatever you know and that's what I always envisaged they were going to do with Red Skull yeah this was just total rug pull. It was brilliant. Total rug pull. I, like, I yeah. said it before. It was. It was. It was perfect. Yeah. It was. They, yeah. they could have created a character for that purpose, couldn't they? And we wouldn't have if he'd have remained this shadowy, cloaky, demented-looking character. Would have been enough. Wouldn't it would have been fine. Would've but been the enough. very fact they added that in there, and like you say, with a line of dialogue, I once held a stone and I was cast aside or whatever it was. He doesn't need to say I'm the Red Skull. No, I'm. No. You know, he didn't need to say any of that. You know, there could be people who were not familiar with the earlier films. Well, you know. This film really isn't made for people like us. I was, I was going to say, I think the least watched film from my son's point of view is probably the first Captain America. And I was actually thinking, no, should I give him to watch Captain America again? Mm. <laughs> but I, I know he'll make the connection. But yeah, yeah. beautiful callback to you know. And again, um, you know, since we've started recording, Jim has sent me a message which I've just read saying that this film. Think back to the Black Panther episode. Yeah, we said. Infinity War could enhance and enrich our enjoyment of Black Panther on a second viewing because we've all only seen mm-hmm. it once. Oh, you've seen it twice, yeah. right? And it didn't. I will be honest. Uh, I can't remember what, whatever. I can't remember if it was a seven or eight. I give it. I think it was a seven. I think it was a seven. On a second viewing, it would still be a seven yeah. for me. You know, or if I gave it an eight, it would right. still be an eight. You know, it didn't. When we went back to Wakanda in this film, I started smiling. Yeah, yeah. I thought, right, there's. Even though we've only just left the place, it feels right. It was, it was, it was a very much a case of, in the same way when Cap appeared in the train stations, I thought, ha, huh, now you've got to fight your hands. Yeah. When it went to Wakanda, I thought, ha, huh, now you've got to yeah. fight your hands. Yeah. We had this conversation many, many times whereby we said with the first Captain America film, we were so ready for the team up of the Avengers mm. that Captain America was almost lost us because we didn't want another origin story and it felt like, oh, we're oh setting let's just get on with it. I can't wait for the final scene yeah. when obviously he's yeah. going to end up in New York. And, and we, I think we said the same again when we were talking about Black, Black, about Black Panther. We're so geared up for the Avengers film that we're, that yeah. we're perhaps not going to pay it the due that it is yeah. due. Whereas now, mm. 
so much of um, a value on Wakanda from this film they'll go back now and, and appreciate it I think yeah. a we've, lot more based been, on what we now know we've it. all been very silly men basically when it comes to Black Panther <laughs> we? well, we've enjoyed it but we haven't given it the, the but then we, you know, I did the say that, that we, would, yeah. we would appreciate it more after yeah. it's just like if you go now go back and watch Captain America the first, first Avenger, Avenger it, wow it's it, is, it's, it is brilliant and it's you know, seeing the interplay between Cap and Bucky back then, knowing what's going to happen yeah. in Winter Soldier, and the fact that he, you know, he effectively becomes a bit of a villain for a while. There's so much in that film that works. Yeah, I think as much as this film, you know, enriches previous films, it also takes a lot from them. It's all working together to create I to create this end product. And I yeah. it's strange when you think that there's a, there's you know Avengers Four coming up because mm. if they, God forbid, but if they said that's it, no, we're done. Oh. This to me. Would yeah. be a great end film. It's like Game of Thrones. Bring bring Game of Thrones to an end in the next season, and as much as you know, the fifth season had a bit of a shaky wobble. Yeah. It, it found its feet again, and like I say, draw it to a natural, organic close, and we'll just be thinking back. Yeah, Game of Thrones is one of the best but, TV but series ever. Can I just point out? I'm glad it's not a last Marvel film, but you know, if this was, yeah. I'd almost be satisfied in a strange sort of bizarre way mm. anyway we're on the planet we've got Red Skull speaking yeah. he explains about the soul stone he explains that Thanos has to make a sacrifice for something he loves and then instantly Gamora's like well you're fucked because you don't love anything yeah. we've got the upper hand finally you're fucked now well, all, I, this, I, all, yeah. all this you've been through and look who, well, look, look who you are you, yeah. you've actually shot yourself in the foot because you have turned yourself away from love you've turned yourself away from any sort of connection to anything yeah. So the one thing you you did thinking would get you here has got you here, and you're fucked. You can't but do no. nothing. But no. And it feels. And we it all did, knew it was coming. Yeah. But it, it it did feel right. The fact that it felt right that she would feel that she was the favoured child. She was always the stronger one. Yeah. And Thanos is, is drawn towards strength. Nebula was the one that he cast aside and mistreated. Well, he always kept Nebula as a sparring partner. For, yeah, that's for right. And she was nothing more than yeah. that. Beautiful payoff. And then I thought, well, this. There's no other way this can go now, and yet, lo and behold, he throws her off the cliff. She dies. Beautiful and little scene then of of Thanos in lying in a pool, and then he, he wakes up and and the stone is in his hand. It's just all very. It, it worked. And her death was quite poetic, without being overly romantic. I thought, you know, without yeah. being too schmaltzy. No melodrama. No. Yeah. Literally just took her, dragging her by the arm. Yeah. Tears running down his face. Throws her off the cliff. Who yeah. thought? Who th- would think that we were going to see Thanos crying? Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys. Look, we, we could have left this to the end. Perfect place to bring this up. Now, what do we think of? And aside from how he looks, which you said, any any worries about how he looks, uh, completely put yeah. to bed. We we th- you know, he looks great. What do you think of Thanos overall as a villain? When I did the article uh, last week, uh, the news article with Brolin, where he yes, was saying Josh Brolin that he'd rather about... play Thanos than Cable. Yeah. Having not seen either of the films, I thought that was a strange choice. Because I thought Cable must be a riot to play. Yeah. As an actor, I think Thanos was a role that probably... I thought he was just going to be a big bad villain. Yeah. I was enthralled with Thanos. In the same sort of way that some of the, the best villains in the Netflix series have a backstory, yeah. have a sort of motivation, and you almost sort of don't agree with them, but you can understand mm. why Kingpin ended up that way, why Kilgrave ended up that way. Mm. I understood perfectly why Thanos was the way he was. Yes. Thanos was the main character of this film. He yeah. was... Now, they were saying for a while, you know, a lot of the chat in the run-up to it, that there was hints from the Russo brothers that this, this story would be told from yeah. the point of view of Thanos. Yeah. And I really think... It was. It was. As much was. as he didn't dominate the film, this was all about Thanos. Yeah. Even though we didn't see... Yeah, they, they left out things they could have put in just to give a more complete picture. We didn't see him destroy... We didn't see him destroy anything. <laughs> we, we, did, well, we didn't see him get the Power Stone. 
that could have been you know a, a scene in and of itself that that could have opened the film I'm not going to say less is more because he was he featured in it predominantly throughout the film but there wasn't a lot of backstory and I, I actually think what we got was enough and we learned about him along the way in little yeah. touches it wasn't rammed home it wasn't no. you know sort of I think had we seen backstory where he was almost an outcast from his planet he would look different to all the other people you know he was mocked you know you know that type of thing it would have been a bit more forced with this it was like as the film was going on I found myself going oh he's not just a big bad guy then no yeah. you know I, I didn't agree with him but I understood mm. him I, yeah. you know I understood how the effects of life can do that to someone you know yeah yeah and when he threw, like I say, when he threw it off, the way he did it, it, it wasn't. I'm sorry, blah blah blah. He, he just dragged her there with such purpose, but it was no evil intent when he was doing it either. It was almost, it was almost complacency with this is what I've got to do. And I've got no oh, choice. I've got no yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah, I think he knew that the moment he had his back to her and yeah. he was crying. He right, knew what he had to do. There was, was, there was say, no eye contact. There was no. no it was, there was no longing looks between the mm. two of them. It was simply a case of I got to do this. You know, the longer I think about it, I won't yeah. do it. I won't do it. And when you look at it. It's obvious now. It's an obvious choice. When we were talking about characters' death, that was one of the characters. If you said to me, "I think Gamora's going to die," I'd go, "Nah, no. they'll keep it. They'll keep it." Guardians keep Street's it. coming out. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it, it was a complete whoa, gut punch. But yeah. the hints throughout the films, the, the Guardians, the films. You know, the, the only mention we've had of Thanos previously was in the Guardians films. Yeah, with, with in respect of Gamora well, and Nebula's relationship. So why did it not figure in our minds that she would play a prominent part in it yeah. when he's her adopted daughter? Or she, sorry, she's his adopted to, daughter. To me, she was going to be flying around with Star Lord. Yeah, that was that was going to be Gamora's mm. entry into the film. She, you know, again, the trailers have mis missold it or misguided us or you know whatever, slight the hand that she was got this conversation with Stark. Yeah, you know what's yeah. her name again? Thanos. It, it all feels just so just spot on as it should. She's had a more prominent role than we expected yes like you say about setup we see the moment with Thanos has got Gamora holding her in front of Star-Lord yeah. he could easily dispose of Star-Lord he's baiting him into killing her yeah. and the difference between someone like Star-Lord and Thanos is they both love her Star-Lord can't do it even though he knows he's potentially saving the universe if he does he can't kill her yeah. but Thanos but again it's almost that thing as well with Star-Lord you know I'm going to sort of torture you into knowing a few hours later that if you killed her none of this would have happened mate that's right it's, that, the, twist, it's that twist of the knife well, because the, the alternative is why not just kill them all yeah again well look the, the whole thing if you look at it Star-Lord's a bit of a dick he could have alright we don't expect him to kill Gamora but looking later on he's the cause of the fact that yes. and this is the running theme we were saying the need of the many outweigh the need of the few is presented to numerous characters throughout this film the only one who goes okay I've got to kill someone because this is what I want this, mm. otherwise you know, we're not gonna, I'm not going to get what I want yeah. is Thanos we've also seen Peter Quill has been f sort of through the Guardians films has been forced into this sort of captain role hasn't he He's, he mm. was bounced along and he got by on his wit and his charm, and he had the you know the, yeah. the, the equipment that he sort of stole and found and all the rest of it. And obviously with his involvement um, with the Kree and all that sort of stuff. However, at this point now, he's out of his depth. He's yeah. completely out of, yeah. out of his depth, he's... and he wants to be the person who will take charge. He wants to be, and we we have an inkling of that when Thor treats Rocket as the captain. We have a that's a that's a little pointer for us to show that actually Quill, from the moment the film starts, or from the moment he's introduced, he's being undermined. Yeah. He's he's act, his confidence. He thinks he's, he's he's got everything, isn't he? He's singing at the start of his at the start of his, his his scenes. He's he's driving the ship. He's got all his crew with him. Everything's great. And actually, he's the one that goes on the journey of everything that went on previously. Now I'm having my rug pulled completely. Yeah. I am the one who's I've chanced 
my way through everything. I've ended up with this awesome relationship. There's all these friends. He's almost become like the sort of foster father, hasn't he, to the, to the guardians? Yeah. Like, you know, he's you know by default like you know he's and actually taking away some strays like he actually really doesn't know Gamora. what he's doing. Yeah, that's right. It's only really Gamora that accepts that he's a man child. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, Drax accepts him as a captain. I think Rocket secretly accepts him as a captain. Yeah. Group definitely does. Mm. You know, with this sort of teenage sort of group. He's taking on more of a father. Yeah, he's father become like a you know, yeah. like I say, he's become like a foster f- a father to him, hasn't he? Yeah. If you look at Mantis, you know, and a, he's not just the captain. He's yeah. he's almost the sort of leader, isn't he? You know, mm. he's, he's the one. It's only really Gamora that you think would get by on her own without him. Yeah. You, you you think that your parents know everything, don't you? And you think that your parents are, are have all the answers, and he is us. He's yeah. he's in that situation where actually he's become this parent figure and. He, he doesn't well, I was going to say that's the, that's the sort of old cliche. And when you're a kid, you're sort of thinking, by the time I'm forty odd, I'll have all the answers. I'm yeah. forty two. I've got a fucking clue what I'm doing. He's now got the Soul Stone, uh, and he's got power, space, and yeah. on to Titan, where he has a confrontation with Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and, and then the, later the, the you know the rest yeah, of the so. Guardians. So we're not going to go too much into that. Um, we've already discussed, you know, the the interplay between those characters. Yeah, we have Strange was doing the meditation. So Doctor Strange does this meditative thing where he's working out all of these different outcomes, and then very easily, when you know, we have a long extended fight scene, is it's great. We we see Tony's nano suit sort of pushed to its limits. You know, we see Thanos. You know, we, we've seen him hurt. You know, he's not infallible. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, because that was the one part where you literally sort of find you with the web slinging. A few yeah. times, and then Thanos just sort of brushed the, the the webs off, and I thought up until this point, all our heroes seem to be a lot weaker. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the fight scenes, mm-hmm. straight from the Hulk getting his ass handed to him so quickly, but they all met their match. That right, when they it? sort of all teamed up on Thanos. Yeah, that's yeah. when they started to get the upper hand. Yeah. They started, you know, when he initially sort of just brushed away the webs yeah. from his eyes. I thought, oh god, he's just gonna fucking destroy them all it was, now. It yeah. was the old Royal Rumble. Let's all put yeah. together to go under the giant out, wasn't it? it yeah, was it, won, of... it wasn't the standard Jackie Chan thing where we're gonna run, run at you one at a time. They yeah. all just piled him didn't yeah, he yeah. and I, I think that was the only way you could do it you know Yeah. so then they get in the upper hand of him and then Mandis he, lands on top starts to put him asleep and he's going he's going under yeah. he's not sleeping but he's losing concentration Spidey is pulling up the Spidey glove Spidey and Stark just trying to pull the pull, glove trying off trying to pull the glove off <laughs> I was, it was there was a thought going through my head which is just like is it that simple you just take his glove yeah you know you know but then I was sort of realising how would you get close enough to this fucking behemoth to pull off this which gigantic, is, is solid iron glove yeah. <laughs> probably weighs like three ten, yeah. you know. <laughs> but every little thing they put in works with a purpose. Mantis being a character they didn't brush aside as just yeah. a side character, yeah. they kept him because her ability there allowed them to get into that position, get the upper hand on him, and then Starlord steps in. Oh my god! Thanos fesses up to the fact that he's killed her. Nebula's there. She confirms it. This was the one part where I thought. Oh, he's blown it now just because he's found out Gamora's died. You know, mm. surely Stark should have done something or someone should have knocked him out or pushed him away or whatever like that. But then we hark back to what we were just talking about. Star-Lord's there, not only finding out that Gamora's dead, mm. obviously heartbreaking for him, but also, I could have stopped all this happening. Yeah, mm. And again, it all works in a... Now, own. Thanos was playing for him for weakness there. That weakness paid off there. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. a came full circle. Yeah. I didn't put that together until we were just talking about it. Yeah. You know, some people might see this as just a series of action films joined together by 
you know, it's it's not because. And I will say that's the one thing with this film. This film could have easily just been a punch fest. That's right. It, you could have just had the Battle of New York at the end of the Avengers, done it for two hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With the amount of characters they got in, they could have gone from battle scene to battle scene. This this film is full of so many interlocking stories. Yeah, yeah. There are action scenes. Yeah, there are battle scenes. Yeah, there mm. are big fight scenes. But they're not just random no, for the sake of it. They're right. relevant. So Doctor Strange gives up the time stone to save, you know, Tony Stark, yeah. who's got impaled on this. Well, we have this great sort of standoff between Iron Man and Thanos, don't you? Where you think of all the people that could take him on, Iron Man's probably the one that's going to have a chance. I would say, mm. you know, with the sort of back box of tricks he's got you yeah. know, to call upon. Because yeah. if you look at most superheroes, they've got a superpower. Yeah, Iron Man's got ingenuity coming left, right, and centre, yeah. hasn't he? So yeah. you know, you may be able to pull the wool over a thousand mm. eyes and get the upper hand somehow. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I say, you get a little Terminator 3 sort of reference, with the, or Terminator 2 it would have been, actually, wouldn't it, with a blade? Yeah. You yeah. know, forming into a right. blade. And he just snaps it off and sticks it to Stark. And I'm like, oh, my wow. God, this is a Stark ghost. Yeah, I yeah. did. I did think There that. was that thing of the blade was a little bit off-centre, so yeah. he probably, yeah. you know, he could come back from it. Yeah. But no, you know, at that point, I'm thinking... Well, when he was saying they will remember you and stuff like that, I thought he was just going to break his neck or something. Yeah. Yeah, because he just... You know, Thanos was doing the classic sort of like, classic uh, villain thing of monologuing now because I've got you weakened yeah. and I thought he's going to snap his neck mm. you know that's going to be the end of him now but then Strange does this unexpected turnaround of giving up the time stone something yeah. which he said I will not do under any circumstances yeah. he's given the time stone up in circumstances that we think may lead to crop up as some sort of bigger plan by Strange who knows that they can't defeat him who knows we'll, we'll see but, but, but that may which has just occurred to me now where we had the conversation about Th- Thanos knowing Stark what has Doctor Strange seen about Stark in the future that he needs Stark to be alive Stark has to be alive so maybe keeping Stark alive is pivotal it is maybe it isn't just about you mm-hmm. know save my friend maybe it's because we need Stark alive because Stark is the only person who can solve the problem of Thanos in the future There's definitely a payoff to this. This isn't, yeah. this isn't Strange yeah. suddenly getting a moral compass yeah, or, no. or, you know... He tells us it's the end game. A, he's a, telling a us, bromance with Tony, like, is it? You know, this is definitely, there's definitely a payoff to this. So he's got the time stone. He's now got four of them. He then, we then go to Wakanda where they've taken... What? Thor. The whole thing about Thor making the axe. Oh, right. oh yeah, no. Because we have to have that to come into when yeah. he comes to Wakanda. Of course, yeah. Thor then goes to this heart of a dying star where Mjolnir was made that's now should be shut down. We see Peter Dinklage as a giant dwarf. No, I was going to say there was a lot of rumours that Dinklage was going to appear and everyone thought he was just going to be voicing one of the bad guys. Yeah. I just think that was superb for Dinklage yeah, yeah. that bit. I think it was a total... It looked, it, it, it looked odd initially and I couldn't place because I first of all I thought I thought right okay they've got 
a little person to play a giant. giant. Yes. But then they refer to themselves as dwarfs. Dwarfs. Yes, I know. So is this race of like huge giants and he's yeah. he's one of the dwarfs? Could be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So he then we we have this kind of long winded scene of him trying to get this machine back up and running and ultimately he's and able Thor, to And Thor being Thor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thor being a god who can sustain all the all of this heat from this yeah. uh you know the star that is is Power in this forge. Yeah. yeah. It, if anything felt a little bit like filler, it was this sequence, I think, where it was funny, but it, it, right. it was important, yeah. and it is important. Essentially, it was sending Thor, it, at the time, it felt like it was sending Thor off to get a weapon. But. But that weapon was obviously crucial. Right, I was going to say, but Age of Ultron, what was the one main concern with that? That one scene with Thor was a bit of a filler. Yes, and it all came back in Ragnarok. Yeah, in yes, Ragnarok. That's right. Yeah. So you know, but there, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's basically saying that if it, if the weapon had just been handed to him out of convenience, that wouldn't have worked. We no. sat in there saying, oh, that that was just no, literally lazy writing." Yeah. So you've got to say, "How does he get this weapon?" And the yeah. fact that ultimately there's no handle for it. Good twist. Groot Great twist. That was creates the handle out of his own arm and chops it off. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. No, it's genius. So yeah, you've got that. You know, the, the hammer, and then we've got Cap, uh, Falcon, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Bucky. Bucky all you know going to well, Bucky's already on with Wakanda yeah. and, and Rhodey taking vision to Wakanda in, in order to sort of heal him and get the mind stone. stone from his head which then leads into obviously with the reintroduction of um, M'Baku and all the, all the characters from Black Panther it just it just felt like yes this fits because it's still so fresh with us we knew that Wakanda was going to play a prominent role yeah. not as prominent as I thought but in the same way it felt more familiar than one film I found when they went back to Wakanda, yeah. it was almost as if like I'd seen three Black Panthers already. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, great, we're back in Wakanda." That's right. You know? I, I, my mate hasn't seen Black Panther, and I said to him, "You won't need to have seen it when exactly it comes the same up because Wakanda is this." And then yeah. actually, Keep I felt up. so enriched by having seen yeah. that film, yeah. it was it, completely the opposite to what I said. Really, so yeah. exactly the same conversation where, so, where I said Black Panther is a great film, but you can skip it and just accept the fact you've already seen Black Panther in Civil War. You can yeah. skip it. Yeah. This film enriches Black Panther in the same way that The Last Jedi should have enriched The Force Awakens and oh. brought to conclusion questions that that film raised, which... If, if you want to... Oh, look at this. Full circle again. We're going to rave up on Marvel and slag off Star Wars. It's like episode one all over again. One of the lazy criticisms that I see on Twitter right now is that if you don't like The Last Jedi, it's because they were trying to do something different and you fanboys can't accept it because they were trying to do something different. They were trying mm-hmm. to present a different tone in your face because this but I'm a massive Marvel fan I'm a big Star Wars fan this film has a completely different story and is trying to do something different yeah and at no point does it do a disservice to any character in it no. at no point does it discredit any character in it no it, it, brings, it enriches everything yeah, it's yeah. Cool. while still putting yeah. a new, while still putting a completely different spin on the story there's callbacks to character traits events both big and little in all of the previous films that are all enriching this film and this film is is tying back to those it's developing things we've seen before it's you know stuff like the red skull and like you say it's giving us something new because it's also getting rid of a lot of those characters yeah. if you go for the closest comparison to luke not wanting to be a jedi anymore is hulk not wanting to be green anymore I understand why Hulk doesn't want to be green anymore. Yeah. We just spoke about it. It didn't justify. I've got nothing no. other than the fact that all that's happened while you were while you're away. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it smacks of the difference in writing between what's going on over, you know, in, in the Star Wars camp under the Disney umbrella to what's going on in the Kevin Feige's watch at Marvel. And on the whole, pound for pound, 
I, I'd love to hear an argument for there being a better franchise, a more consistent, better quality franchise than the MCU. And this film now is proof of it. I had my doubts. I had my doubts going in. Like I said, when I said to you, Rich, before the film started, I was nervous. I thought the film would pull its punches. I knew it was going to be an enjoyable film. I would have said with the first Avengers, I was like, oh, but would they all work together? With Civil War, it went to the next level. Where, split them apart. You know, yeah. we're splitting them apart, but essentially you've still got a film full of comic book characters. Is this going yeah. to be overload? Oh, overload. So with this, it was like, well, they're going up another level. You know, they're raising the game again with more characters, but I'm pretty confident it's going to work. My only concern was, is this going to be a good film or a fantastic film? That was, you know, yes. uh, this wouldn't have been yeah, good. No. Wouldn't have been good enough for this. There was, a, there was a concern that this was going to be, you know, like I say, a series of actions just linked together and a load of spectacle with no real sort of meat on the bones and no real sort of depth to it. Well, I think you know, a lot of people, and you know, one of my sort of worries about it was, I don't want to see three or four different films of different characters fighting Thanos in different locations. That's right, yeah. exactly, yeah. And as much as we did see a lot of that, in between now we're learning about stuff. Yeah. Thanos is actually, he's on a quest, isn't he? Yeah. He's on, he's on yeah. a treasure hunt. Along the way, he's killing off beloved characters that we've come accustomed to over countless films, characters like Loki. And Gamora. So by the time then we get to Wakanda, we see this big almighty battle. Hulk is not coming out to play as much as the trailers show yeah, otherwise. Yeah. They've spent a lot of dollar there on effects which are purely for promotion. Yeah. We see the Hulk as part of that running up lineup, yeah. That itself also isn't in the film. Then you've got this almighty scrap on Wakanda. Those disturbing bloody venom style venom, yeah. Yeah. venom style jackal things that were, were pushing themselves through the shield getting cut all cut burnt up and cut, cut and, and yeah, yeah. They, they they were disturbing they yeah. you know it, it hark back to the uh, the strange cr- bear thing from annihilation well, yeah, it was <laughs> a bit of that bit of venom um oh, what's it called the the game doom the computer game doom as yeah, well yeah. the alien type things off that mm. A little bit of um, the Rancor monster all thrown yeah. into one of them. And also, they looked like they could be from the same planet as the Chitari from. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I was going to say, initially when the ships opened up, I thought they were Chitari, Chitari warriors. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I thought it reminded me quite a bit of the Battle of Helm's Deep to begin with. It was yeah. that sort of influx of these orc type cat, you know. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they, they're more like dogs, but it was that thing of yeah. they are just horrendously savage. They're just going to mm. rip Killing people machines, apart. Yeah, yeah basically, absolutely going yeah. to rip people apart. You know, that whole battle, it satisfied, it was, you know, there was some good um, fighting on the ground like Cap and Black Panther and, you know, the, the fight between Proxima Midnight, um, Okoye, yeah. uh, Black Widow and uh, who else is fighting them? Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So you got the... Well, you had that little sort of female trip. Female, yeah. You know, triple triple threat that I like, yeah. 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 Against Proxima Midnight and she, you know, she looked pretty awesome didn't she yeah there was that, that was the, the thing as well she looked a lot bigger didn't she the, yeah which she was wasn't broad, really that she... wasn't really that noticeable until you yeah. saw the compact you know, size if it was a boxing match you'd yeah. say you know this is out of weight range here you know yeah. this is a heavyweight yeah. against a cruiserweight type thing you yeah. know we see like thanos drop some big heavy war machinery down those those big bladed they wheels just, yeah that, they were just destroying just people, people yeah. yeah and then he shows up you know he's got four stones now he's shown up for stone number Five. five he wants wants a mind stone and then we've got you know the big final dust up the showdown the one where we see him face off against cap cap holds well we're, we're missing as well and in between that we've got the arrival of a bit of lightning as well haven't we thor right <laughs> exactly it was kept out of the trailers but thor now super thor yeah awesome. when he turned up i think again i i, I think i clapped at that point yeah, i think so, I, do, I think that's when i yeah. did clap yeah. as well I, it was thor turns up with rocket and groot his new almighty hammer he is now a full-on thunder god he's he's now kicking ass better he's than the he thought, did he's the thought yeah. we 
associated with comic That's right. Yeah. He he is like now the the big hitter. We haven't got Hulk, so it's all Thor. Again, that took me by surprise. And then you've got Thanos. He's now fully armed. Pretty much the most powerful thing in the universe. Cap manages to hold him off. Now yeah. we've, we've spoken about this already. Are we now going to reveal what we think? Or what we think maybe one possible storyline for Cap. Yeah, I think we've got to. I just want to nip back to when we with the introduction of Thor was there in amongst all of this carnage was the little touch of humour which the Cap and Thor meeting each other and Cap saying oh. you've got your hair yeah. and Thor saying I see you've copied my beard yeah and then and then it was a case of he said these are my these, these are my friends rabbit and tree or, or <laughs> yeah. and it, but it was in amongst everything that was going on it. it it that did, didn't it feel did, out of place. It, it felt place very natural. And then, of course, and right. I was going to say similarly to that when you had oh, rockets was firing the machine gun next Rocket to Bucky. With Bucky. Oh. And then he's, you know, yeah, you've got Bucky. Who's like, let's be honest, Bucky's seen none of this. When you think about it, Bucky is like the yeah. fish out of water yeah. type thing. He's seen men and women fighting men and women in, yeah. in war, in yeah, World War Two. And then he's, you know, everything he's done throughout that, and with the soldiers, yeah, yeah, he's had his mind wiped every time he's done it. So basically, you've got a guy from 1945, essentially, mm. who's lived in Wakanda then is now fighting these huge space jaguars yeah. and he's talking to a raccoon with, yeah. and jo- openly, openly joking with a yeah. raccoon with a machine gun there's a pair up I didn't see coming that was a pair up I did not see coming yeah and it still works brilliant can I have that gun no what about the arm no I'll get the arm I'll get that arm and again let's skip back to something we missed yeah. The eye. That was good. As we've seen, Rocket has got a he's got a bit of a liking for taking artificial <sighs> body parts. He's got this eye that he's got from some first Guardians film, wasn't it? No, that, that was it no, wasn't that eye. He said he won a bet yeah, and I assumed oh, was it? Yeah, that wasn't the same he eye. He said he won one. a bet and I assumed that he won the eye of the bet. And then the next line was, Yeah, I took the money and then after that I took his eye. Yeah, yeah. I took his so eye when he was eye. sleeping. And yeah. then, but he pops it in, doesn't he? Thor pops it in and he says, I would have washed that. I just smuggled it out in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Then, right, to go back to Thor. Let's go back to right, Thor turns out Cap is holding off Thanos. Thanos seems surprised. Yeah. Now, no. Thanos knows, he knows his enemy. They, he is, you know, he's, he's incredibly intelligent. He's had, you know, he's, he's, he's already tried to invade Earth once. No doubt. He, he knows studied this Avengers because, are. yeah, he, he knows who the Avengers are because he knows two of the stones are on our planet. Yeah. He, he knows them. He looked surprised at the fact that Cap held him off. Because yeah. Cap is super strong. Cap is he? super strong, and he and, and and heals quicker. That's right. But but he held off the most powerful being in the universe. Now, that, this is what I was going to say. Cap right. isn't super strong, but Cap is not super strong to the not uh, Hulk level. Hulk strength. level. No. And he's, Hulk. Hulk. level. No. he's not. He's not. You know, godlike in his strength. No. He's ten times stronger right, than the average okay. man. He heals at like eight times faster than a yeah. normal human. He, but he, he is, is superhuman. He's still a human. But he wouldn't be able to hold off like Hulk would struggle to do what Cap did. Yeah. Thanos looked surprised. All through that film, there were flashings of the fact that we didn't we didn't have the full on cap that we had in the other films. I felt that he was either it's because he didn't get me as much screen time. There was a, there wasn't any downtime with him as a character. Yeah. Cap was there for one reason and one reason only, and that was to fight and defend and that's defeat, right and defeat Thanos. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Look, we think we we've had a bit of a chat amongst ourselves over the yeah. last few weeks, and one of the things that we've come up with is we think that these films especially with the introduction now of Captain Marvel, which will have a big tie into the Kree. Everywhere where you have the Kree, you've got the Skrulls, the immortal enemies. And anyone who knows the Marvel comic books will know that the Skrulls are a race of shapeshifters whose way of business is to infiltrate other races because they can change shape and they can take on the abilities of some of the people that they that they copy. They, they, they go down onto a planet, they take prominent people, they put them up in, spa- in space or, or, or in spaceships, stasis. in stasis, stasis yeah. whilst the copy... 
subverts the, the race of people that they just put them down in. So, for example, in the comic books, um, it, it turned out that in, in the big storyline, Secret Invasion, which followed Civil War, the fact that uh, Elektra was revealed by Wolverine upon her death to be a Skrull infiltrator. And from then on, the whole thing is, holy shit, it looks like they've been infiltrating us for potentially decades. It's an incredible storyline. Turns out that a lot of the prominent and some of the lesser characters had been replaced and swapped out years before as by Skrulls. We think there's a possibility, as we've discussed, that Neil was the old idea, that the Skrulls possibly started an infiltration and we were thinking, well, who could they have swapped out? We've seen in the comic books that some of the characters are Super Skrulls, which have been enhanced beyond all reckoning. One of the Super Skrulls had all the powers of the Fantastic Four and he was a formidable character and he was a recurring character that's been in the comic books for years. If someone of a Super Skrull sort of level of power has taken Cap's place, then it, it holds true that he may be able to hold Cap off, hold Thanos off. And we, sorry, yeah, and we did think at some point that there would be a reveal in this film because we've, we've seen a promotional image of Doctor Strange, Ant-Man and Tony Stark in New York, which what looks to be the 2012 version of uh, Cap Captain America, yeah. which suggests they've gone back in time. Yeah, it does suggest that. That makes no sense. Why would they go back in time and risk messing up the timeline? Anyone that's watched the Back to the Future films knows you just don't go back in time. Unless the version of Cap they're with is in our time now and they've rescued him from a Skrull stasis ship. We're going to say it in case we get proven right in about two or three years, then just hold that thought and just put a pin in that. If they're going to go down the Secret Evasion storyline, there's a possibility that some of the Avengers that have been killed or are still alive or whatever are the yeah, Skrulls. Everything's not what it seems. Like and it. Cap has been very influential in the events of Civil War, mm. fracturing the Avengers. Fractured, yeah, well, that's, that's a great part with but, the... With the so Tony Stark yeah. say, you know, the bands broke up. But the, thinking about this a bit more then, the, if the Kree are aligned with Thanos and the Skrulls are the immortal enemies, it makes sense that maybe, as a good twist, the Skrulls have come to Earth to infiltrate us, not in order to subvert us and take us over, but in order to help us Thanos. out because they know Thanos is coming. Mm. Yeah. And like, if you look from the mm. first Avengers, everything has been building towards Thanos is coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might not be the case, but wouldn't shock me at all wouldn't shock me at all it's a really good explanation for that photograph for that for that thing but with Cap that, the thing that doesn't make sense now is Doctor Strange is in that picture right now so let's let's get to the end of it all let's go, let's go through right. until theories after right. so we Thanos go. eventually before he's able to rip the mind gem from Vision because Cap is holding him off Cap and the others are, are holding him off the Scarlet so. Witch is able to destroy the mind gem yeah. again how she's able to do that Maybe it's because of the fact that her powers are related to the reality stone. And we know the fact that the stones yeah. are all interlinked. Struck a genius then, as we've seen Doctor Strange do. Thanos has now got the time stone. Hang on, there's a bit before that, because in comes Thor with a big axe. Oh, in, yeah. sorry, Thor with a big axe, and he puts that axe right and in I Thanos' love, chest. I love that bit. You know, he said, like, you know, I'll watch you die. I will yeah. watch you yeah. die, you'll pay for yeah, it. Yeah, I told you you'd die for killing my brother and, yeah. and Heimdall and, and my people. The way, the way he did it. And he pushed the axe in after he yeah. did it as well. so I yeah. pushed it in. And then Thanos comes up with a classic line, you should have gone for the head. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, the glove, his head, he commands the glove, the stones. Yeah. Was I the only one thinking, you're going to regret saying that in Avengers 4, pal? Take, <laughs> take him off of the head. So then, Thanos then, when the, when the green thing first came around, the, the, the glove, I thought, oh, is Doctor Strange put a spell on it? But yeah. actually, well, no, actually, that's how the time stone works. It's a similar thing to Strange's magic, and those little, like, sort of... We saw the discs, didn't we? The discs, the, the, the moon green, rolls or yeah, wherever yeah. they are, they appear. He puts time back to a point where Vision hasn't been killed, takes the Mind Stone, 
He's got the Mind Stone. He has his big sort of thing of like a power up. He's now got everything he needs. All the stones. Yeah. I didn't think at this point that I didn't think at any point in this film Thanos would get all the stones. I thought that would be held over for the next mm. Avengers film. Yeah. There he goes. He's got them all. What did he say he was going to do when he got all the Infinity Stones? He said everything. Yeah. Click his fingers and he would kill half the universe. And now this was we've all and, and sorry, the fourth big death that doesn't happen apart you know after the finger click is Vision. Yeah. He may well not be dead. Because he is more than that stone, as we've been told. He looked yeah. pretty dead, though, didn't he? He did look pretty dead. And there was a lot of inside of his head showing as well. There was. There I was, was like, he's dead. Yeah, with the, with yeah. the yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think um, Vision is dead. Because of the fact that later on, we lose so many characters. After Thor, after, sorry, after Thanos clicks his fingers, I don't think, I think the Vision is going to regenerate. He's going to come back and he's going to be something other than what he was. Yeah. He's going to be, he's gonna be a, a, an amalgamation yeah. of Jarvis, Ultron, uh, and the program the Stark and, and yeah. because we, we've him. spent so much time with uh, Black Panther's sister doing what she was doing so there's that something's in process isn't there yes. yeah. where she was yes. to, to, you know so anyway you've got it hopefully she's still alive because we didn't see whether she did no that's right you come to the bit where he clicks his fingers and then pff, characters just start yeah I, and this was the thing not flying it yeah, yeah I was going to say it would have been easy for him just to you know oh where did so and so go and you know but it was the way it was done it was, yeah. it was, it was haunting and and Again, again go back to disturbing, especially yeah. with children watching it. Quite disturbing as so well. So, are we to are we to believe then? Because obviously there were some characters that didn't. So, fifty yeah. percent or half. We're going to wipe yeah. out half the universe. You you, you obviously had um, the Winter Soldier. I think was the first to go, and then Falcon, Falcon, Falcon yeah. and they were sort of going and and you know War Machine just keeps on living. And then the most disturbing element was with Spider Man and, and Tony Stark. Yeah, and it was I don't want to go. It was David Tennant to Doctor Who. It was. Yeah. I, 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 please, that, I don't that, want was, to go. that was heartbreaking because, because he, he's he a went kid. from. He, yeah, I was going to say he went. Dad, he went he back. Like, Dad, I don't. I'm he scared. Went, he went I back to childhood. Tony Stark has already lost a baby at the beginning of the film because he woke up thinking he yeah, was yeah. pregnant yeah. and I want to be a parent. Yeah. This is the person who I've taken under my wing and he's oh. dying in my arms. So you say so, we didn't need that exposition yeah, of a child. I totally shot myself in the foot. Again, because we have had time to process this. Thanos has been in my head for seven years. Six years. Six years. Whatever. Yeah, Thanos has been in my head. Everything I've been doing has been affected by it. He's the one who's having visions of people dying in Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. The, the night before all this kicks off, he dreamt that he had a child, and then he got a virtually his adoptive child dying in his arms. Pepper's wow. conversation. This, this, yeah. Could so, I just reiterate to anyone that says that this film is a load of big ballsy action scenes with nothing else? Come on, guys. What, what was and if you think I'm reading too much into it, I'll fight you. Don't worry about it. What, what was Pepper <laughs> saying to him on the phone call when it was breaking up? She made reference to the she conversation. She said, I'm having... Oh. Yeah, I was pregnant. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. He, the, the last line before the static cut short, yeah. because he's obviously moving away from Earth in his spaceship, is words on the fact of, I'm having... Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that you say Spidey's death. You didn't want to see any of them die. We were, it's weird in any way we all sort of like oh you know I hope Cap dies or I hope Thor dies or you know one of the big we're just, we're just the, you, know, you don't want to see any of them die no. but you want to see them die there has to but, be peril there has, has to shut but, up the people who have said that the MCU is well, just there's no peril no one's dying well, I'm sorry everyone but as I've said guys it, you, you know I've been saying this for years people are levelling that sort of criticism towards the MCU I did it myself after Civil War because I did expect Cap to die if they're going to go down that scroll imposter route now I'm glad they kept him alive but either way you can all just shut up now They've killed off half the half the characters. And we're we're, left, and we're only say, left with one guardian. And I was going to say, and they've taken out the youngest character in, a, in a, not a brutal fashion, in a, an, emotion, a, an emotionally wrenching fashion. Yeah. It's like as if that, 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 I was going to say, of all the deaths, that was the one where you literally yeah. thought, "My God, this is really sh- shocking." 
Now, they're doing that. I think that God, many not... of the deaths aren't final. No, because the no, things no, are going, no, you know, no, so, so yeah, it isn't yeah. it isn't the end of the characters. Yeah, no. It could be the end of some characters, and I think yeah. there'd be it'd be interesting to see how they work that. I definitely think that Spider, you know, I know they've Spider-Man's announced coming back, but yeah. they've announced Spider Man Two. I know that, but just because they've announced him doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And I think that would well, be an Spider-Man, interesting. Is Spider Man Two Miles Morales? Is, is James? Go- yes, right, so Miles Morales. Yes, yeah, he's, he's been set up. We got. We yes, got, he has. Hey, we got. We got a Venom film coming out that they're saying is not linked to Spider Man. Do- Donald, Donald Glover's like this of yes. right. Donald Glover's character of that um, petty thief yeah, in Spider Man Homecoming is Miles Morales' uncle. Uncle, yeah. uncle. Yeah. yeah. So we know Miles Morales exists in the MCU. Is yeah, is is Spider Man Two going to be Miles Morales? <laughs> are we not going to get these characters back? That is something that none yeah. of us are prepared for. Because how the hell can Doctor Strange not come back? Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Let's go through who who went. We saw Bucky, uh, Scarlet Witch. Completely shocked me. The fact yeah. that she's gone. Yeah. Falcon. 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 Vision potentially dead on the ground, but like I say, I don't think he is, but... Black Panther goes. Black Panther as well, which is like, wow. (laughs) This this is... Again, we've had no time to process this. We're literally doing this on the fly. This is completely unconventional, but... We usually have have at least a couple of hours. We do. Usually it's the next day, isn't it? Yeah, usually we have a couple of days. If if we're reviewing a new film in the cinema, we we won't just do it straight away, but because of other commitments, we've had to do it today and because it's, it's, it's convenient for all of us. My God. Black Panther's gone. Yeah. Black Panther, who's just been in a film that's made Disney or Marvel Studios over a billion. 1.3 billion. Yeah. And it's been announced as a sequel. And now you're thinking to yourself, is there a sequel coming? Is there a sequel? Yeah. Is there an immediate sequel planned? Is James Gunn actually planning Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at the moment? Because if he is, it's going to be about Rocket Raccoon and Thor. Well, this, all this, the rest yeah, of them are gone. In yeah. the same way we're saying they specifically film scenes, they're not cut scenes, they specifically film scenes to put into a trailer to sort of throw you off the mark mm. it's a lot easier to do a press conference with a press right. slate of these are the next films we're doing no they're not really but yeah. let's it's have a look at that slate that, let's have a look at that slate that goes up to 2020 films on that slate were Captain Marvel Captain Marvel Ant-Man and the Wasp which obviously is, not, is this year the next Avengers film the untitled fourth Avengers film what other films on that slate Spider-Man 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 that Spider-Man. Slate, it wasn't on that slate it wasn't on that slate I think yeah. Yeah. Sony, no. have, Sony have announced Spider-Man yeah, and so. Guardians 3 has only been recently announced and because that slate was yeah. at least two years ago yeah. they've said in the next Avengers film they're going to bring this current thing to a close yeah. Yeah, they t- might do it they're talking about it becoming more of a sort of cosmic uh, yeah based th- uh, series aren't they and stuff like that you, you know, they could introduce characters like Nova <laughs> yeah and like you say when you've got the potential of I've suddenly got all of Fox's properties coming up that I wrote the next yeah. year. Kevin Feige is not going to be waiting now until that deal is no, approved. He's, no, he's, he's going to carry on with his original plan. Of course he is. But I would still bet there's already a first draft for Fantastic Four. There's already a first draft for some sort of X-Men film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a first draft for like a Silver Surfer or a Galactus type movie. But to wrap it up then, from the point of view of this film today, we then... We're sitting there. The music, the credits, the, the well, no, no, let's let's talk about the ending. Of course, yes. Yeah, the ones that have died. Right, wait, yeah, <laughs> that, I was going to say. Right, so yeah, we've got all of those characters on Earth, which you know we probably even missed a few. Then you go over to Titan, where all the Guardians disappear. Yeah. They did, yeah, uh, evaporate, die. Doctor Strange, which that, and that, I was going to say, that, that Quill was the one when it, Drax yes. and Mantis went, and I thought, right, we still got Quill. Yeah, and then. He goes. But goes in like such a fashion where he sort of goes, well, he almost looks as if like, well, I'm all right. Yeah. And as he goes to walk away, yeah. he turns to dust. And yeah. I, I like, think what? there was, if it wasn't for the fact that we know it's been meticulously planned, it's almost as if they put names in a hat and picked them up, 
plucked them out at random. And again, Strange, again, Strange had gone through the safety barrier. You know, that's sort of ten second. He's dead. She's dead. He's yeah. dead. She's dead. Then Quill went, and you thought, oh. Oh, Quill's gone as well. Yeah. Right, so how are Stark and Strange? No, Strange has gone. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, it was no sort of, you know, they weren't going at the same time. It was. And then you've got that final scene. He, he looks like he's injured, Thanos. He doesn't. He's, he's, he's sort of. He's, he's battle weary. He looks battle weary, yeah. He sat down doing what he said he would do. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do then once you do that? I'm going to sit down and watch the sunset. No one have done my job. But she does. Yeah. End credits. Film and, comes to a and close. And wasn't sat in a palace either. No, wasn't sat there. Like you know, you're sold. You, you sat, sat in Wakanda. I was going to yeah. say you're sold as this mad titan. Yeah, who's going to rule the world? Who's going to sit in a big throne and you know, yeah. fear me, mortals? And he's literally in some little hut in Wakanda, just watching the sunset. He's you know, I've done my work now. I think Thanos I, could have, Thanos now with you know obviously Avengers is going to come back but I think Thanos would be happy now just to go right okay I'll do some fishing tomorrow then he's done what he's, he's done, done he's done he can maybe yeah. work on that novel he's been yeah, yeah, <laughs> putting off he's know? been looking to put some shelves up he's, yeah. he's never got the time to sort the shed out yeah it's like when you have that downtime you're like well you know I've, I've done my job I've worked for, for decades maybe centuries trying to, to wipe out half the universe I, I think I'll take a, a hobby. I'd yeah. like to rebuild an old Ice sculpting. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, he's, he's got the glove. He's got the, he could do... He, you know, he's also this. thinking, right, well, we've got Jessica Jones season two. That's just come out. I still haven't caught up on... Oh, on the, imagine the amount of TV the guy's got oh, to catch up on. Bless him. Oh, wow. I mean, Westworld, so, Westworld's just started the second season. The problem is, though, he's going to mess things up for himself because any TV after that is going to fall apart because half the people making these shows, he, he's just killed. Well, there's no guarantee. Like I was going to say, there's no guarantee Luke Cage is going to be in Luke Cage now. But we're going to need some new heroes. Avengers 4 oh I wonder if they will so anyway look, we, look. <laughs> should we then go into the end credits right the, the post credits scene we were sat there we, we, we took our uh, IMAX well, glasses let's, off let's look at that every Marvel film ends in such a way that it's so um, powerful and uplifting the heroes of one funny you have big no, but you have big powerful music yeah. you know you know, every Avengers film let's yeah. look at that or every Cap film you know yeah. Iron Man stuff this was so somber, even the the, yeah. the the font of the the credits and everything. There was nothing. It was white on It was white on black. It was beautiful, in, in a in a messed up yeah. way. And but it was it was for me. It was what I wanted. And I, I said uh, to you, was, um, this might be the first Marvel film where we don't get a post credits. I thing. was actually hoping you said it would be better if it didn't. Yeah. I was hoping it wouldn't. Yeah, but then however, however, however post credits. The, I was going to say before the post credits, at the end of every Avengers film, we always get the Avengers will return. We had on this one. Thanos, Thanos will, will return. Will return the balls of the balls yeah. of it. But let's talk about the post credit sequence then. So yeah. we're, we're in New York. We've got Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Maria Hill. So then you've got yeah Nick Fury, Maria Hill in New York as this big big cataclysmic event is happening where everyone's dying. They get out of the car. They see the people are evaporating. We see a helicopter crash. I thought it was going to be more of an extended sort of yeah, yeah I, I thought we were going to yeah, see much, carnage yeah. and chaos because obviously a lot of drivers yeah. and vehicles would have disappeared right. well I said to you I'm going to take this soon, as soon as the scene came on and we see Nick Fury in the car Rich did say Captain Marvel I thought I immediately dismissed it thinking well they're not going to introduce her now alright in a way you know, we see Maria Hill she gets killed and you think well Nick Fury's okay he's okay yeah no mother he goes mother yeah, yeah no, great. drops his little um, his little beeper, pager because yeah. he's old school he's got a pager well they would tie into Marvel uh, Captain Marvel, Marvel which is set in the 90s yeah he drops his pager on the floor we see Zoom a Zoom logo Zoom, yeah. that the initially first, I thought it looked like the, the, the number was going off yeah it one. looked I thought that is that the star of Cap's chest no it's Captain, Captain Marvel's thing and at that point you you looked at me and you were like a bit quizzical and you're like fucking Captain Marvel yeah. I thought yeah okay you've got me now right 
thank you very much. Um, that's that's five hundred million dollars well spent. You you put all of my my worries to bed. So guys, F- final thoughts. Right, let's have final thoughts and we'll score it. Well, at this moment in time, it's a ten. Right, my my thing is. Have we picked up enough faults in our film? Let's start off with every film being a 10 and then you chip away, taking away the little problems with it until you come down to what it is. I'm amazed it worked as well as it did. Like I say, I knew it was going to be okay with the, the sort of mashup of superheroes because they've done it countless times already. I'm amazed still that it worked as well as it did. It brought Thanos, just totally took me by shock how yeah. good that character was. Mm. I'm going to start with 10. If, you know, if people want to chip me down with things, if that film ends up being a nine, I'd be very happy to score that film out of ten. At the moment, my initial reaction coming out of that film, having seen it two hours ago, three hours ago, it's a ten out of ten film. If I had to knock it down, I'd be looking at nine and three quarters. Yeah, because for the, so, for the which you automatically then round up to ten. Ten, ten, yeah, I, so. I can't. Right. Every little negative that I can think of, I cannot. It, it, it doesn't distract. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't at all. They yeah. are minor, minor niggles yeah. that I'm looking for. Yeah. Look, this this is like Infinity War is a film that's been ten years in the making. It's now part nineteen of this ongoing MCU saga. I went in with expectations that I think probably went a little bit lower than what they were maybe a week or two ago. I'm glad I did. The concerns I had were alleviated. It was like as if it brought this self-contained film of because they centered on Thanos, and that's the genius of it. Yeah. Look, if you're not into these films, we're not going to sell it to you now, unless you're able to. And which, which you are, you can go back now and you can start from Iron Man, the 2008 film, and you can watch the the, the 18 films in existence, and you can you can binge watch them all, and then you can go and see Avengers: Infinity War. Because unless you, I think, you need to see every film in this series just to get the full fully hit. appreciate. Yeah, you'd fully enjoy, appreciate. You, you could it. enjoy this film without seeing all. I think, of them, but yeah, anyone who takes these films for granted, I think they're being greedy. They don't. They're not actually giving proper thought to what we've got here. The MCU is far and away now the most consistent franchise, better than any other I can think of. Unfortunately, the Lord of the Rings franchise has been sullied by the poor Hobbit films. Mm. For me and a lot of other people. The Star Wars films have been hampered by a few. Well, the most well, recent film in, in particular. If you look at Star Wars, I will always love the original trilogy, and I don't mind you've one, got Rogue or, one. one or two of the other films. So yeah, I love Rogue One's great film. But you've always got that. Yeah, there's a few shit, and then shit ones, and then when you look at it, then you start thinking, actually, this franchise is fifty-fifty. Yeah, more, more you know? well, you know, be conservative. You could say fifty-fifty. Whereas this one, the MCU, it isn't consistently. And i got to say, Avengers Infinity War, my jaw was on the floor for much of it. There were moments where I wanted to clap. There were little bits which I, I, I thought maybe the humour was pushed a little bit far. I'll probably watch them again like I did for Ragnarok and think, no, actually, it all works. I read this morning this film is projected to, to have an opening gross of $500 million. If it does, I've got to say it deserves it. I haven't enjoyed the film this much since in the cinema, probably since... I, I don't know. It is for me... If we were going to re-rank the MCU now... Put it number one. The only film I can think of that would... Yeah. You'd have to put it number one. At this one. moment in time. At this moment yeah, in with time. It, when you take... Because you're not just viewing it as a film. It's not just a viewing experience as a film on its own. It's doing so much. Yes. It's paying off 10 years of work. 10 years of, on average, two films a year. Sometimes yes. three films a year. It's doing so much. It has such a massive task. Yeah. Well, when, and when it's I, done it in abundance. It's like absolutely a, lived up to the expectations. It's well, look, done you, you guys, impossible. You, you guys have, have given it a 10. When I came out of it, I was thinking, well, how much did I enjoy that? Have I got any major concerns about it? No. Did it blow my socks off in certain parts? Yes. It brought back the fucking red skull. So, yeah, it, it's going to come, no surprise, to 10 from me as well. 
So, as a full 89 <laughs> verdict, <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, 10 out of 10. 10, out of 10. Done the impossible. Well, it um, did. Anything else now that I'm sure there's loads of stuff in the coming days we're going to be thinking, oh, damn, I wish I'd said that. I thought that we'd have the title. I'm not I'm not disappointed, but yeah. I thought we'd have the title for Avengers yeah. 4. I thought that would be Thanos will return in Avengers. Yeah, I, even, even, even to the point I thought we might have got a brief teaser trailer. Mm, you know, well, when you look yeah. at, you know, they could have done... But to do so, what that, what that end scene did was introduce us to the concept of Captain Marvel, but give us that little glimmer of hope that we always do get... But it's telling us that she is going to be pivotal to the recovery. She is going to be pivotal. And if they go down the whole secret invasion route now, she will be key to that as well because it'll have a link to the Kree because I, I believe her yeah. powers derive from um, the Kree. And I say, if you look at... I mean, okay, the Russos on Marvel are going to throw us a curveball with... Don't worry, you know, Hawkeye's in it and he's got a pivotal story. Don't worry, Ant-Man's got a very pivotal role. Not even nothing at all. Nothing. To think now that we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out, which is a the rare exception of a Marvel film coming out that I'm not really that enthusiastic. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go watch it, but I'm not I'm not on the countdown. But no, I can't wait to see what happens in Ant-Man and Wasp. Because you know it's either going to be events running alongside this film or stuff before it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's going to feel or like God forbid they send on a mission into the macroverse in order to... Who knows? Like, yeah. We're gonna like again. A million is, different yeah. What I'm saying is I'm thoroughly enjoyed that man was one of the biggest surprises for me. It was one of those ones where I thought it's a strange character to pick. Could never have worked. Don't understand why this works, but yeah. it does. Love Paul Rudd in it, well written, well acted. Wasn't particularly enthusiastic. You again steals a scene in Civil War. Wasn't particularly enthusiastic about seeing that man in the watch. I obviously would have gone and watched it, but now I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah, because we know that And they haven't teased anything, they haven't given me anything Nothing. other than the fact that he's not in this film. That's right. So, guys, there you go. If you've um, you've sat here and you've listened to us talk about one film for two hours, thank you very much for that. We hope that we've given you uh, some good, intelligent insight into the film. Like I say, um, we had to give this film our full attention. Otherwise, this episode would have run on for about four hours if we put the usual, you know, other side topics and 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 the top threes or fives with us. And had we had longer to plan this, we probably would have done a six-hour. If you if you're in any way the slightest bit a fan of um, comic book movies of, of of the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe you're already hopefully going to have your tickets booked for Infinity War. It's a phenomenal film. Speaking on behalf of all of us, I, I think we're in no way disappointed. And hats off to the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige. You have done the impossible. You did This big gamble that you took way over 10 years ago now in the planning stages of this, it's worked. It's incredible. Thank you very much, Marvel Studios. You, you, you've just blown our socks off. So, guys, uh, Richie, where can people reach you if they want to find you? Um, well, I'll probably be sleeping for the next 10 hours because I'm absolutely exhausted now, but I'll be on Twitter at Richard underscore Roberts. I'm on Twitter too, at Neil underscore Gaskin. Yeah, and also you're both on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sky Movies. You can also find me on Facebook, and you can find us all on film89.co.uk and on Twitter at film89uk, and also on Facebook, the, the same. Yeah, film89uk. Please, guys, have a look at the site. We've um, we've been cranking out some some good stuff lately. Steve Amos has put a fantastic piece up about Michael Mann's Thief, um, which is going to be followed up very shortly by another piece on uh, Heat. So, as usual, yeah, please like and subscribe. Give us an iTunes rating if you could, please. That'd be a great help. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Stay classy. So Neil, 
we're going to do one of those uh, like really funny post credits things that you know. I don't know because like you know, get to the point. People listen to the music and they just assume we finished, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're not going to stay around for this, are they? No, we? we're, we're no. Not, and they, they'll expect it to be a regular thing, and we're just yeah. It's, it's just too much. And we're, we're not, we're not going to rip off. Man. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs>